0: Thursday night yeah that's right 6 15 p.m. the ultra rare Thursday night show uh, please follow me on Twitter at BK actual podcast and follow me on Instagram at BK actual and if you guys have been listening to this podcast for a while you know that I always like to recognize uh, some of our artists out there if they reach a certain milestone and or become deceased and uh, unfortunately that is what happened that was the prodigy or just prodigy some people called them The uh, seminal English group and the lead singer there, Keith Flint, uh, who is famously the front man from there, was found dead this week. Uh, Sadly, took his own life, aged 49. And uh, it's too bad, you know, remember that song. That song was the jam when I was in high school. Uh, So that's it. And now, uh, so that's too bad, and rest in peace, Keith Flint. Uh, Just a quick explanation. So the reason I told you guys last week, I think, that this weekend I had a, just a bunch of stuff to do, and the original plan was I was actually going to take my podcasting equipment with me to this place where I have to go, and then I, the more I thought about it, the more it just seemed to be a giant fucking headache. So I thought, why not? There's a ton of stuff to talk about anyway, so let's do it. It's going to be a little weird. <laughs> it's been a long time since I did a night podcast, and it's just kind of a different vibe. I can't really explain it. So we'll see if we can get through it. The good part is that I have a freaking ton of great audio, uh, tons of stuff on the border. And trust me, you guys, as I always say, two and a half hours right in a row. Nobody else has the intelligence to do this kind of podcast, unedited, unscripted, uncut, solo, except for your humble host right now. And we will start with what kind of uh, tons of news this week uh, was the border situation. And they came out with a lot of stats, and we've got a a lot of great audio clips. And like usual, you guys are going to be way ahead of the power curve when it comes to knowledge of what's actually happening compared to 99% of the people because we're going to go through it pretty meticulously. I will start with the New York Times article. And even they are at the point where, like, yeah, this is serious now. And the New York Times had a very good article, and they headlined it, Border at Breaking Point as more than 76,000 unauthorized unauthorized migrants—unauthorized migrants—they are the the New York uh, Times—cross in one month, okay? Now, this is broken records. Uh, Total unauthorized entries are nearly double what they were a year ago. So whatever deterrent the Trump election had or whatever you thought it was going to have has been a giant failure. Uh, That 76,000 migrants um, illegally immigrating in February— is an 11-year high, and a strong sign that all these stepped-up prosecutions, new controls on asylum, and harsher detention policies have not reversed what remains a powerful lure for thousands of families fleeing violence and poverty. And the New York Times just kind of stops right there, and I'm like, well, what's the powerful lure? (laughs) They just leave it, like, unspoken. Like, is America the powerful lure? Jobs, money, healthcare? what is it? Now, the the nation's top border enforcement officers painted a picture of processing centers filled to capacity, border agents struggling to meet medical needs, and thousands of exhausted members of migrant families crammed into a detention system that was not built to house families, all while newcomers continued to arrive, sometimes by the busload at a rate of 2200 a day. Now, of course, Trump has used these numbers to try to justify this plan to build an expanded wall, a wall where it is appropriate, but a, some immigration analysts are saying a wall would do little to slow migration. Well, that's not true. We, why do they say that when all evidence says that's not the case? Guys, how many times have I told you about what happened in San Diego once they put the wall up? What happened? Illegal immigration and drug trafficking dropped by like 90% here, and they went where it wasn't, <laughs> the wall. Why do they keep saying things that are just ostensibly not true? See, I'm getting all worked up, you guys. I'm not even into the audio clips yet, okay? So, fuck, you can imagine. This is going to be this is gonna be rough for me to get through. Now, uh, one of the problems that the New York Times points out is that the, it's not of un, uncontrolled masses scaling the fences. Yeah, because they can't. They don't do that. It's a humanitarian challenge created as thousands of migrant families surge into remote areas where the administration has so far failed to devote sufficient resources to care for them. Isn't that funny? How that's what the New York Times writes. How about sufficient resources to stop them? I don't know. Uh, more than 50,000 adults are currently in immigration and enforcement custody. That is the highest number ever. Uh, now, there have been a few like little wins here, like those, all those migrants traveling to South, uh, from South America to TJ. Many of them did turn back, but that's a drop in the bucket compared to what we're letting in. All right, Arrests along the southern border have increased 97% since last year, the Border Patrol said, with a 434% increase in the El Paso sector. That covers the state of New Mexico and the two westernmost counties of Texas. Um, at least 70 such groups of 100 or more people have turned themselves in at border patrol stations that are typically only staffed by a handful of agents, and those are usually in the middle of nowhere. Remember I told this about you when that kid died? I don't know what the liberal vision is. Like, Are we going to have like state-of-the-art hospital facilities in the middle of the desert every 50 feet to care for the illegal immigrants who keep coming despite us telling us not to. How much is you know how much all this the, the price tag this must be costing us is unbelievable. Now, it's it's hard to kind of get a handle on some of these numbers. You guys know I've bitched about the difficulty of getting raw data in the past. Now, because and and here's the rub, and I'm kind of kicking myself for not figuring this out earlier, but I'm gonna give you guys some good stats here. Arrests for illegally crossing the border reached up to one point six four million people in the year two thousand. Okay. That's just that's just arrests, illegal immigration arrests. That was the high water mark. Now in twenty eighteen they were at four hundred thousand. And for the first five months of the current fiscal year, not the current calendar year, it's up to two hundred and seventy thousand. And again, one more time, you guys. And and the New York Times uh, helpfully points this out. The difference is that the nature of immigration has changed. And the demographics of those arriving now are proving more taxing for border officials to accommodate. Most of those entering the country in earlier years were single men. Most of them from Mexico coming to look for work. If they were arrested, they could be quickly deported. And I want to, like, that's the part that I'm kicking myself for not figuring out, you guys. Because here's the deal. Let me just take a big drink of water here. That, that's the thing. Even though it was, it was a lot more, in, because the liberal pundits always say, oh, well, this is a, the illegal immigration arrests are at an all year low. Well, they're using arrests only, right? Here's the problem with that. Because in the past, yeah, we had a lot of illegal immigration arrests, but we also had a shitload of deportations, because like the New York Times just said, most of those were Mexicans. If you are an illegal immigrant from Mexico or Canada, you can be put on a bus immediately... Turned around, you're out, you're done, boom, within hours, right? Any other group, as I've covered many times, you need to have an immigration hearing, and because they don't have enough judges, they cut you loose with a court date where you're supposed to show up in the future, often many years away, right? So, the the thing is now, even though that we have a lot fewer arrests than we used to, of those people arrested, way more of them are staying in the United States. Because, again... It's a different demographic from a different part of the country. And then we've had these SJW judges, these social justice warrior judges, with their rulings that have hamstrung us at every point. And I'll get into that more in a minute, but remember the one I covered a while back where uh, some judge just arbitrarily came up with a number? He said families with children can only be held in detention for 20 days. Okay, And I was like, where did he get that number? He just made that number up because it sounded good to the judge. Why 20 days? Why not 30 days? Why not 10 days? It didn't make any sense. So, the practical effect is that most families are released into the country to await their hearings in immigration court, writes the New York Times. And, like I just said, they continue the courts are so backlogged that it could take months or years for cases to be decided. Some people never show up for court at all. No way. <laughs> All right, so that was uh, so that's kind of the overview, and I, I do have uh, some other specifics here. So that was from the New York Times. I've got some other uh, preliminary figures from uh, LMT Online. There were some uh, great stats on this, and I, I, like I told you, the number of migrants taken into custody last year jumped thirty nine percent from February to March, right, and. They part the remember the big howls of outrage when they said, Well, yeah, we use Child Separation Act as a deterrent. And that was supposed to be really bad. And I'm like, Well, did it work or not? And ever since they got rid of that, at the insistence of liberal democrats, here comes the flood. You guys, I told you two fucking years ago, if you keep making it easier to illegally immigrate, they're gonna keep coming. <laughs> Which is fine with the Democrats because these are all future Democrat voters. Demographics is destiny, you guys, and I'm fucking cracking. Up. I love all the GOP guys. Like we just had that CPAC conference, right? I didn't, I didn't take it too seriously, but you know, I just, I kind of like checked it out on social media a little bit, see what the vibe was. And some guy mentioned there wasn't a single fucking conference about immigration. They didn't even want to talk about it. And I'm like, so in ten years from now, when fucking Texas goes blue, and all you GOP people are sitting around scratching your heads wondering how this happened. Just fucking remember. I told you this shit years ago. Now, uh, some of the other money, the border deal that Trump and Democrats reached last month includes $415 to improve detention conditions and open new processing centers. Again, you guys, the, the end goal is to make the life easier for the illegal immigrant. And I would fucking love... One reporter, or better yet, reporters, if you're too chicken shit to do it, give me your press pass so I can go to the next Kamala Harris news conference and I'll ask her some pretty straightforward questions. One, do you think immigration should be illegal? Do you think there should be such thing? Two, if you do think that, then do you think we should get rid of penalties for illegal immigration? Do you think it should be stopped? Do you think that your policies of compassion are making it more or less likely for people to illegally immigrate. Just a couple questions there. Just some suggestions. I know, crazy, right? This is funny. About 150 migrants were sent back across the border in February. (laughs) 150 out of (laughs) 70,000. Great. Uh, You know, if, if they saw plane loads of fucking... Illegal migrants returning to Guatemala and Nicaragua. Guys, how many hours do you think that the locals would have to see that before they decided this was a giant waste of time and they wouldn't do it anymore? Like what, 48 hours tops? Remember that big shyster? uh, (laughs) That just made me think. You guys remember like a year ago when... Like, they made that big stink of all the migrants returning back to, like, Guatemala and, like, the president and first lady of, like, Guatemala. It could have been Honduras or Nicaragua. I don't know which country it was. But remember, they, had a, they made a big show out of the plane landing and, like, 25 uh, illegal immigrants got off the board greeted by the president and first lady. And I'm like, okay, well, where are the other 300,000? That's, like, 20 people. That's stupid um any other thing in this uh, i'm just looking scrolling through this lmt line now oh, here we go um homeland securities officials are saying that a growing number of those who pass that initial asylum screening remember all you have to do is say it that's the initial screening and then um the a lot of those people who pass that never show back up to court an increasing number because they know that asylum standards are tightening you know, Just because you have gang violence in your home country, that's not, or that's not a qualifiable reason to give somebody asylum. I don't think a lot of people know that. And it doesn't really matter if your story of persecution is credible, because we only have those three detention facilities appropriate for families to begin with, with about 3,000 beds, and they're all full. I don't know what you guys want to do. All you SJWs. So is this is this where you want all your tax money to be gone just forever? You just want to... This is what you want to spend all your money on? The care and feeding of the illegal immigrants who de- defy our law as, over and over. We tell them, don't come, don't come. Now, uh, catch and release. That's the policy of cutting them loose so they can come back to court. That is also gro- growing, Obviously. Uh, So this pace right now would make it 1.2 million arrests per year. And I pulled this one article up because this former Border Patrol chief under Obama named Mark Morgan was in an interview, right? And he kind of talks about what I talked about, how the demographics are different. But he probably says it a lot better, so let let me read this. He says, quote, When anyone opines that the apprehension numbers are at a historic low to support the claim there is no crisis along the border, they are leaving out a critical factor, which are the demographics. Now, in the early 2000s, when apprehensions were around 1 million, the overwhelming majority were Mexican adults. They were processed and returned to Mexico within days through an expedited removal process. Today, family units and unaccompanied minors seeking asylum account for more than 60% of those being apprehended. The difference is they are not removed. So even though last year the apprehensions dropped to 400,000, which was the all-time low, the number of illegal aliens entering the United States is way higher than it was 10 years ago. So again, you guys, you will never, ever hear this admitted. ...or pointed out by a single journalist to any of the Democrat politicians. This is the only place you get it. Uh, Now, I promised you I had a ton of audio on this, so let's get to it. Let me start with the Border Patrol spokesman himself. He had many great clips. I just picked out a few of them, okay? Now, the first one I want to get to is what I've told you guys a bunch of times. Like, I love how the white liberals here pretend like people from Nicaragua don't have smartphones. (laughs) Like, they don't have text messaging capability, you know? They don't, they're always like, BK, they don't know what's going on on the border. How can you hold them responsible? And I'm like, what are you, stupid? What do you, you think they don't have WhatsApp? Uh, So anyway, here's the Border Patrol uh, spokesman talking about how it's become common knowledge that the adults with kids will be let in. Here we go.
1: The U.S. Border Patrol has arrested 70 to 90 percent Mexican nationals. We could apply a consequence to that demographic. We could return them quickly to Mexico. Today, 70 percent of all those we're arresting are from the Northern Triangle, Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras. October of 2018 marked the first time in our history that family units exceeded single adult apprehensions. And in February of 2019, family units and unaccompanied children accounted for 65 percent of all Border Patrol apprehensions. For the fiscal year, it's 60 percent family units, apprehensions, family unit and unaccompanied juveniles. So without a consequence, without being able to deliver a consequence to these individuals for illegally crossing our consequence, uh, Border Patrol has no reason to expect that this trend will decrease. In fact, we believe it will increase. It's well known at this time that adults with children will not be detained during the immigration proceedings for illegal entry. The word of mouth and social media quickly gets back to those in the Northern Triangle countries that if you bring a child, you'll be successful.
0: Yeah, hear that, white liberals? Yes, they even have social media, those brown people down there. Being sarcastic, of course. Uh, so I'm just going to whip through some of these audio clips, you guys. Same dude, okay? Uh, th- now now he's talking about the fraudulent claims. Remember I've told you guys this often, too, where somebody shows up with a kid and you don't know if they're a family or if that's an uncle or what. And he talks about that briefly. From Here
1: April go. 2018 through February of 2019, we've had almost 2,400 fraudulent claims families of those fraudulent claims some are f- folks who have claimed that they're under 18 and are not others have actually been fraudulent familial claims
0: okay so they're making a ton of stuff up got that one how about um, what else do I have I had my man uh, my man Dan Crenshaw he he had a couple of good clips because I don't know if you guys if you guys saw you know the secretary of DHS uh, Kurtz J Nielsen, had a hearing on Capitol Hill, and there were uh, many questionings on that. So where's the, uh, I want to play the right Dan Crenshaw clip, because I have a couple of them. Okay, here's one right here. Here's about two minutes of Dan Crenshaw, of course, Republican out of Texas, former Navy SEAL, my man. Let's hear him talking. Here we go.
2: They don't have the infrastructure. Would you agree that the biggest difference between the McAllen Corridor and the Brownsville Corridor would be the physical barriers?
3: Uh, the wall system, yes, sir. There's
2: been a lot of red herrings that been thrown out there to argue these points drugs like fentanyl come through points of entry yes we know you would agree with that right yes does that have anything to do with the conversation about whether we need barriers between points of entry
3: it does not because it's not an either-or
2: there's a there's always the conversation about we just need more technology because then the border agents can just chase people around as we see as because we can sense them coming through is that the only solution or do you need that plus barriers plus personnel
3: uh, we need all three. We also need the ability to detain and remove when there's no legal right to stay.
2: There's a point often made that the border crossings are the lowest in years. We had about 400,000 last year, although that's quickly on the rise of, of, as you've noted, 76,000 just this last month. The point is often made that because it's lower than in the year 2000, that there's no crisis. Is that accurate? Is 400,000 a year a low number?
3: Uh, sir, it's not. But again, if I could, uh, respectfully, uh, it's because of the flow. It's because these are families. It's because these are children. That is why it's a crisis. It's a terrible, horrific journey that they undertake.
2: And, and let's get to that. <clears throat> as, as these arguments are made against points that, frankly, we're not even making, Tell them, you yeah. mentioned the children and why that's the, the nexus of this crisis. Why does that happen? Is it, is it because of our asylum laws? Is it because of the fact that if you bring a child across the border, well, and I think as you mentioned this before, if you bring a child with you, it's your ticket into the United States. Yes. All you have to do is claim asylum. Would you agree that our asylum process is completely taken advantage of? Yes, sir. Yes. Would you agree that if we were to put more resources at points of entry so that we could humanely bring people in and hear their asylum case, but not let them loose into the country, would that dramatically reduce these illegal crossings as well? Would that be part of the solution as well to, to reform the actual asylum process?
0: Yes. Okay, let me stop Dan right there. Excellent. All excellent points, and of course it would. If if you're not cut loose in the United States, you've effectively failed. So, yes, of course that would cut it down a great deal. Uh, who else do I have? I have... Um, uh, let's see, let me get a few, more. I have a couple clips here of that. Uh, now, here's the, who is this guy? This is the the Border Patrol Commissioner, and he wanted to talk, and he's correcting a Democrat who is saying, oh, I've heard uh, immigration is at an all-time low. Let's uh, listen to this here. Have
2: you ever recommended that... This is uh, Da Nang, Dick Blumenthal, you
0: Vietnam fraud.
2: ...superiors ask for an emergency declaration? I, I've recommended that we ask for... More agents, more border security barrier, and more technology. But yes. that's been a continuing ask. Correct. It, nothing about that ask constitutes saying we have a national emergency. Well, I, I would offer that – I believe it's becoming more urgent, as, as I offered in my opening statement, in terms of the numbers of crossings, in terms of the illicit narcotics that are coming increasingly between ports of entry. Well, uh, but the illicit narcotics are coming primarily still through the ports of entry. That's where our seizures are The numbers been. of border crossings are still at a historic low compared to other times in our nation's history – no, Senator, they're not. We're, we're on pace for over 700,000 crossings this year. Uh, that's closer to historic highs than historic lows.
0: Yeah, fuckface. Unbelievable. See, but that's a chance for the commissioner to say, like, uh, talk about what I talked about where, and to say, dude, even though we have less arrests, we have way more people coming in. You know what I mean? But he doesn't. Uh, of course, the... Uh, Kurtzjan Nielsen, like I said, was on the stand. Uh, Here she is talking about why impedance and denial border barriers are needed to stop traffickers, a.k.a. physical barriers. Are you looking
3: into the policy of metering at the ports and how that might increase the role of human traffickers to take migrants between ports of entry and also drive them to these rural areas? So it does, as I mentioned earlier, it does have to be an and approach. It can't be an either-or approach. Uh, The queue management at the ports uh, is simply to ensure that CBP can perform all its statutory missions, but very importantly to protect the migrants coming in. As you know, when you've seen the facilities, uh, they were built for maybe 100 people a day. Uh, They're just not adequate to process and hold uh, large numbers of people. One of the challenges, though, is if you're controlling at the ports of entry, they, they can still go to a place between the ports of entry where there's those same lack of facilities and sometimes worse. So are you looking at that impact? Uh, Yes, ma'am. And that's why our operators have asked for uh, impedance and denial in the form
0: of obstacles. You know, I love that she said that. But, dude, can you speak in plain language, Ms. Nielsen? I mean, just say fucking wall. (laughs) I know they're avoiding that word like the plague. Uh, now, of course, she did spar with a few of the uh, SJW representatives. Here's here's where they're grilling her about what a chain link fence is, whether whether something's a cage or not. Uh, they're very horrified by this. Uh, let's what hear this one. Um, chain link fence
4: enclosed into a um, a chamber on a concrete uh, floor. Represent to you, is that
3: a cage? It's a detention space, ma'am, that you know has existed for decades. Does
4: it differ from the cages you put your dogs in when you let them stay outside? Is it it different?
3: Yes. In what sense? Uh, It's larger. It has facilities. uh, It provides room to sit, to stand, to lay down. So
4: did my dog's cage.
3: Are the jails different than the um,
4: cages that you have allowed the children to be put in?
3: I'm sorry. Which jails? are The
4: jails that you put their parents in, or the adults that come here with children that you say are coming here illegally?
3: Uh, the detention centers that you
4: say uh, are coming here them, illegally. No, ma'am. They have this a border on the
3: outside, uh, but they essentially sleep in dorm-like conditions. So they live in better conditions than the children. No, ma'am. I just want to be very clear on this. As As migrants are processed through the Border Patrol Station, which were not built, again, for vulnerable populations, they're there for up to 72 hours.
4: I just want to know, if the children are in cages, what do you consider the detention?
0: Okay, enough from this moron from New Jersey. I don't even fucking want to know her name. What a clown, dude. You can see she doesn't want to—she's not there to listen to anything Kirstjen Nielsen has to say. She's just there cuz she want to go there kids in cages, there kids in cages over and over again cuz she thinks it'll be really sick burns on woke resistance twitter. That's all. That's what she's there for, you guys. I have any other ones? Um Oh, and here, I want to play this one. I kind of like lost my spot here. Uh let me get to Lindsey Graham. He, uh, he spoke up about it, too. Let me just play him really quick. a short clip here.
5: Bottom line is this continues.
1: It's like adding a con- congressional district of illegal immigrants every year. The average congressional district is about 600,000 people. This year alone, we're on track to do 640. This has to stop.
0: But it's not going to stop, Lindsey, until you change the laws. Uh, oh, God feel like I'm like shouting into the void on this one, you guys. But, uh, that's so we do here. I'm going to keep going. Uh, did I have anyone else? Um, here's Dan Crenshaw again. I wanted to get this clip as well. Uh, Dan Crenshaw Secretary, talking again. Here Secretary, we go.
2: Secretary, for being here and helping us answer the fundamental question of whether we care about our sovereignty and the rule of law in our country. And unfortunately, I have the now cynical view that I'm not so sure we all agree on that. No, we all clearly. value the rule of law and value the ability to manage our border effectively. A lot of questions have come up about the humanity of our policies, as they should. There's some, there's some rightful anger about family separation, but unfortunately, it's myopic because nobody ever talks about the other issues that we might have when it comes to our humanity. There's a young woman in my office yesterday. She's from Mexico. She's about 18 years old. She was taken across the border, kidnapped about five years ago. On the third attempt, because they were turned back twice by Border Patrol, on the third attempt they made it through, and she was brought to New York City where she was raped approximately 30 times a day for five
0: years. Jesus. Well, kind of they They don't want to talk about that, Dan. Uh, did I have anything else in immigration? Um, yeah, I did have, uh, just quickly, I'm just going to try to wrap this up here. First of all, a story came out today. You guys know, remember how remember the absolute frenzy over the people dying in custody, sadly. Well, the Daily Mail of all people. Yeah, I have to I have to turn to the British tabloids to get real news. But immigrants held in US custody have actually been dying at a similar rate over the last two presidential administrations, government documents reveal. And this These were obtained by the Washington Examiner through an information request, and they revealed that 12 immigrants died in the custody of ICE in 2016, President Barack Obama's final year in office, right? And the number of deaths the first two years of the Trump administration were 22, Okay, so Trump has 22 people die in two years. Barack Obama had 12 die in one year. So, roughly the same. Did you guys ever fucking hear a single word about this throughout Obama's tenure? Any time at all, ever? No, you didn't. No, you did not. And then finally, I did tweet this one out at BK Actual Podcast, uh, guys. One of my top bitches is the SJW federal judges. I've got a couple of those stories, but here's a here's one that happened today, uh, Thursday. A federal appeals court decided Thursday that immigrants who crossed the border without authorization, <laughs> La Times. That's La Times writing. That immigrants. ...who cross the border without authorization may go to a court to appeal a decision by U.S. immigration authorities to deny them asylum. Can you believe this? So now, a judge said, if ICE decides that your asylum claim is bullshit, you get to appeal it to a federal fucking court. Which is going to take years. (laughs) You believe this? How is this even possible? This was by a three-judge panel of the U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, those lunatics. And uh, they concluded that a 1996 federal law restricting appeals violated the Constitution. And the funny thing is there's an, uh, there's one other federal appeals court to rule on that question. That's the Third Circuit Court out of Philadelphia, and they reached the opposite conclusion. See, all this is is judge shopping, you guys. The Ninth Circuit noted that the High Court has yet to consider the question of whether asylum seekers arrested shortly after crossing the border have a constitutional right to challenge the government-style denial. This, guys, this is why you have to keep them out to begin with, okay? I, I mean, I know my man Dan Crenshaw was talking about technologies and censors and shit. All that does is show you where the illegals are who are now on American soil to be picked up. And then we have to go through this huge process where judges are tying our hands every 10 minutes to get rid of them and that's why we haven't gotten rid of any of them and which again suits people just fine that's the that's why the physical barrier was important to keep them out in the first place again my first preference would be to change the stupid law but that will fucking never happen. Although I noticed that not one Republican has, you know, introduced legislation to change the law so we could immediately deport people. Funny how that works. Uh, so yeah, so that's what we're going to do. We're just going to fucking swamp our federal courts and our border patrol agents and our ICE agents and our Department of Homeland Security, and we're going to have massive, massive illegal immigration, and it'll just continue forever. So because there's no will to stop it. I've told you guys before, it's a small constituency, people who care about the left. The Democrats don't want this shit stopped. These are their future voters. And the Republicans don't want it stopped because they like the cheap labor and the Chamber of Commerce writes them fat checks to make sure that the immigration gravy train keeps going. So let's fucking move on. Also, right before I started recording today, was this, this is, this is stupid. This House voted to condemn all hate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They all lives mattered. The anti-Semitism resolution. Yeah. Democrats in disarray. I'm waiting for all the headlines because that's what they always say about Republicans, right? So what happened is, it's, it's, this is, of course, Ilyan Omar, and she's been fucking running her suck about the Jews and Israel and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I've, I kind of made my feelings in that clear. I don't think it's necessarily anti-Semitic to criticize AIPAC or any foreign country's lobbying group. I don't think that is. Now she hasn't made any friends because of the way she's phrased it. Okay, I'm not going to beat her. I've actually defended her on this. You don't have to like somebody's pol. You know, it doesn't mean I like her politics or anything. I I don't know if people get that. Like, it's possible to you know, side with a person on one issue while disagreeing that with them on others. I know. Isn't that insane? So this started as a resolution to condemn anti-Semitism. Then anti-Muslim bias was added in. After that came white supremacy. And by the end, it cited African-Americans, Native Americans, another other people of color, Jews, Muslims, Hindus, Sikhs, immigrants, and others victimized by bigotry. No white people, though, I noticed. That's right. You crackers are fair game. Uh, This passed the House by an overwhelming 407 to 23 vote on Thursday. The 23 people who voted against were mostly Republicans who were uh, angry because it was not specific to anti-Semitism. Now caught in the middle was Speaker Pelosi, who worked for days to quell this internal uproar that erupted after a freshman Democrat, that is Representative Ilhan Omar of Minnesota, insinuated the backers of Israel exhibit dual loyalty again I don't see what the big fucking deal is you know I mean it's nice because an Israeli can like if you're a you always have a right of return to Israel so you always got a backup country (laughs) you know what's my backup I don't know if it's uh, I wouldn't go so far as to say that they have dual loyalty but I don't know now, this uh, carefully crafted measure capped an emotional week for Democrats who found themselves divided along religious and racial lines. Yeah, because all the old, all you stupid old white liberal Jews, yeah, are you starting to fucking get the picture yet? They don't care about you in the modern Democratic Party, okay? But the Congressional Black Caucus, they fucking rallied around this chick like crazy, which this is this is the way of the future. The older Pelosi's and these older liberal Jewish members of the Democrat Party, they are woefully out of touch with what is happening in the under-30 liberal crowd, okay? And you know what? I don't have any sympathy. Why should I fucking go to bat for and defend vigorously the American Jews who vote against what I want by, like, 80%? I don't care what they do. I don't care if they fucking don't like each other anymore. That's your problem, not mine. So... The resolution states that whether from the political right, center, or left, bigotries, discrimination, oppression, racism, and imputations of dual loyalty threaten American democracy and have no place in American political discourse. Guys, nobody gets a shield. Nothing is off limits. Nothing is off topic. That's the way it should be. I would have fucking voted no on this, too. And Republicans did mock that (laughs) all-inclusive approach. Representative Doug Collins... He uh, wrote, quote, we left out the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We left out Wiccans, and we left out Jehovah's Witnesses, and we left out disabled people. That's funny. And some veteran Jewish Democrats were equally dismayed. Well, you made your bed. This is your people now. Uh, so now let's, here's, I'm going to play a little bit of Nancy Pelosi. I told you guys I had a lot of audio to get through this week. So here's Nancy Pelosi talking about Omar, and it's funny because she really ta- she really treats her, she sounds like she's talking about a little kid who doesn't yeah, know what she's something. saying. Okay, her okay. Her here's uh, little... here how she is right now.
6: Is speaking right now, let's listen. People, although I don't believe it was intended in any anti-Semitic way, but the fact is, if that's how it was interpreted, we have to remove all doubt, as we have done over and over again. Uh, we're working now on a resolution. I, uh, we'll see uh, when we bring it to the floor. Uh, that will again speak out against anti-Semitism, uh, anti-Islamophobia, anti-white supremacy, and all the forms that it takes. Uh, that our country has no place for this. But on anti-Semitism, we voted a resolution on that just recently. When I was uh, a couple weeks, ago, week and a half ago or so, in. Uh, at the Munich conference, and then in Brussels for the NATO meetings. At every meeting, at every level, at the highest levels, our delegation impressed upon our European allies the importance of fighting anti-Semitism in our countries. This is well before the UN statement that w- that uh, emerged this weekend. But when it did, it uh, was important for me to speak to the member States. My God, first, turn your ringer off, you fucking stupid reporter. Uh, after I spoke to her, members had different tactics they wanted to take. Some, their individual statements. Some, thinking we should have a resolution. I thought the resolution should be enlarge the issue to anti-Semitism, anti-Islamophobia, etc., anti-white supremacist, and <laughs> that it should not mention very white supremacist. That's what we're working on. Something that is one resolution addressing these these forms of hatred, not mentioning her name because it's not about her. It's about uh, the, these forms of hatred, right. No, it's about her. She hasn't apologized. Does she need
5: to apologize?
6: Well, maybe she may need to explain that she did not. It's up to her to, to explain. Uh, but I do not believe that she understood the full weight of the words. As I say, when you're Congress, when you're an yeah, advocate,
0: okay, okay, yeah. She didn't understand. She's too fucking stupid, is what she's saying. All right. Unbelievable, you guys. Oh, and then, uh, and then, I, go, I wanted to play this. I tweeted this one out too. Did you see Megan McCain? actually burst into tears on The View talking about this. Like, fucking get a hold of yourself, dude. Let's about, listen to this.
7: I take this very personally. I I, I would go so far as to say I, I probably verge on being a Zionist as well. But I will say that I don't have family that is Jewish, but Joe Lieberman and Hadassah Lieberman are my family. Yeah. And I take the hate crimes rising – in this country incredibly seriously and I think what's happening in Europe is really scary and I'm sorry if I'm getting emotional but the idea that this is politicized I'm really not, I was very nervous to talk about this on the show because I thought it would become politicized and it really shouldn't be Mm -hmm. on both sides it should be called out Mm -hmm. and just because I don't technically have Jewish family that are blood related to me, it doesn't mean I don't take this as seriously and it is very dangerous, very dangerous and I think we all collectively as Americans on both sides and what ill on is saying is very scary to me and it's very scary to a lot of people and i don't think you have to be jewish to recognize
0: okay god for God, get a fucking hold of yourself jesus Christ, it's not that scary <laughs> jesus uh i don't know yeah you know what though but i'm not going to bat why should i go to bat for israel all the time like all these fucking dumb republicans do? why when, like I said, when they're, when the uh, American Jews vote like 80% for fucking liberal Democrats, what do I care about them for? I don't. They're so concerned about us and our borders. Let's see. Let's fucking tell those American Jews, well, why don't we send all the fucking refugees in the Middle East? Let's send them to Israel. Well, let's tear down. The, they have a wall. Let's tear it down. You guys, you want to tear down our walls, don't you? Let's tear down those walls. Let's flood Israel with, I don't know, a million. How about a million refugees from Syria? You guys keep telling me over here that walls are immoral. Alright. That's fucking it, you guys. God, I'm fired up right now. How about some good news? Um, HIV. That's right. The disease is reported cured in a second patient. This is a milestone in a global AIDS epidemic. Uh, Scientists have long tried to duplicate the procedure that led to the first long-term remission 12 years ago. With this new patient in London, it finally seems like they did. This is Like I said, this is only the second time, and they've been working 12 years from the first time to figure out, like, well, how did we do this? (laughs) Which is kind of cool. Because they'd never been able to duplicate what happened 12 years ago. So uh, they are to publish their report on Tuesday in the journal Nature. So we don't know all of the details. But they are describing the case as a long-term remission. Uh, which most experts would call a cure, with a caveat that is hard to know how to define the word when there are only two known instances. Now, both of these milestones resulted from bone marrow transplants given to infected patients. But the transplants were intended to treat cancer in the patients, not HIV. And they say that bone marrow transplantation is probably not likely to be a realistic treatment option in the near future. I mean, it's You know, you need a donor. It's the same, you know, it's the the organ donor problem, right? Uh, Powerful drugs. And then the other thing is now we have these drugs that you can control your HIV and, you know, you'll still have it, but you won't die. So then why would you even try to be cured if you have the drugs, which are easier to get, if that makes sense? Because those transplants are risky and they have harsh side effects that can last for a lot of years. Or you can just take a pill. I mean, it sounds like a pretty easy choice to me. But rearming the body with immune cells similarly modified to resist HIV might well succeed as a practical treatment. So, good. Man, this is going to save a lot of people's lives. Uh, Let us go to some archaeology news. You guys know I love the archaeology. Uh, They have found in Peru uh, a discovery of a centuries-old ritual massacre at a site that they believed was the largest known case of child sacrifice ever found. They actually found it last year, but more is coming out about it now. So buried beneath the sands of a 15th century site called Quito Las Llamas, were nearly 140 child skeletons as well as the remains of 200 llamas. So for a while, they didn't know why this was. Um, They they were both boys and girls, and they said they were between the ages of 5 and 14, And the researchers now say the act was done out of desperation to a disastrous climactic event, the El Nino. How could they possibly know this? Yeah, that's what they say. They think it's a sacrifice to stop the torrential rains, flooding, and mud flows from El Nino. And they killed these children, they said, by cutting their chests open and ripping out their hearts. Uh, I'm wondering, I'm just scrolling through the story because I'm wondering how they determined, you know, it was El Nino. Uh, They did radiocarbon dating. And the site was dated to about 1450 A.D., which places it at a time before the neighboring Inca Empire invaded. Um, So all they could tell from the DNA from the teeth, they got very little of it. But they got enough to tell them that both girls and boys were present. Uh, So, oh, here we go. A major clue to figuring out why they sacrificed the children came in the form of a thick mud layer preserved on top of the sand where the victims were buried. Because the area is a desert, the mud layer indicated there was once a period of heavy rain like that seen during an El Nino. That is the natural warming of the Pacific Ocean surface waters that has cascading effects on the weather, if you don't know. Also in the mud layer, the scientists found preserved footsteps of sandaled adults and barefoot children, as well as signs that the llamas were dragged there. Huh, that's all they got, huh? Well, possible. Not sold on it, but who knows. Now, some of my other, one of my other archaeological stories, they found a, uh, this is pretty cool. An ancient untouched Mayan ritual cave has been accidentally discovered by archaeologists in Mexico who are actually searching for a sacred well. They think this cave has been sealed for over a thousand years. And it contains more than 150 ritual objects. Cool. Now, the Mayans were situated in Central and South America 4,000 years ago. And it is widely thought that the ancient Mayans considered caves and sinkholes to be entrances to the underworld. Neat. Uh, The discovery of the cave was announced by Mexican government. And in order to visit the first of seven ritual chambers inside, archaeologists must crawl in their stomachs through hundreds of feet of narrow passages. This is like on the Yucatan, if you can picture the map in your head. And ancient objects inside the cave include incense burners, vases, and decorative plates. Very cool. Now, (laughs) I want to get into this. Uh, we've been talking, and if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen I tweeted out about the Michael Jackson documentary, right? The Finding Never... or Leaving Neverland, sorry it's called. It's on HBO now. debuted last weekend. I did watch the whole thing. It's in two parts. It's four hours long. Two two, two two-hour parts. It's tough to fucking sit through. Uh, If these guys are lying, then they deserve Academy Awards is all I can say. Because I see once again just like, you know, throughout all the years all the Michael Jackson fans are you know, shrieking and crying about how dare you smear Michael and like, fuck you, dude. You know, like, fuck you. You, you don't, you don't. Would you ever let your kids sleep with Michael Jackson's house now? Of course you wouldn't. And why wouldn't you? Because he touched kids. Now, he's also in the news following. This has been big news because uh, some of his music is now being pulled from a lot of radio stations. Like a radio network in Quebec, pulled their music, his music, from its nearly two dozen stations. Uh, In Britain, the BBC was forced to deny imposing such a ban after it was reported that the singer's music had been quietly dropped from one of its stations. New Zealand, as well, and radio networks were pretty open about it. They cited a change in public opinion about Michael Jackson that was tied to the documentary Leaving Neverland, which focused on those two men who said Jackson abused them as children. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm talking like, guys. It, like, every 10 minutes, I watch it with my boy, Steve, and, fucking, we're just looking at each other like, holy shit, dude. Like, every, it's, like, graphic. Like, one of the dudes is, like, straight up, like, you know what? He fucking wanted me to be on all fours and uh, spread my ass cheeks while he fucking masturbated. You know, stuff like that. I mean, and, and that goes on. For like hours so pretty pretty gross and and one of the parts you know he he wrote all michael jackson wrote all kinds of faxes for one of his alleged rape victims wade robson and in a documentary you see a lot of the faxes and the daily mail got a got a hold of a bunch of them and you can just read he, he would just send faxes all day like who fucking imagine if this guy had text messaging back then in the 80s holy shit I'm looking at some of the faxes right now. One of them reads, I miss my little one. Also, I love you. Bring your apple head back now. That's <laughs> <laughs> my Michael Jackson impression. Oh, here, here's another good fax Hello, doo doo head. You are the best of the kid dancers. Keep on towards perfection. You are now inspiring me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And, uh, okay, so that's Michael Jack. Oh, and I did want to play... Joe Rogan actually tweeted this out, and I thought it was great. This guy, Kyle Dunnigan on Twitter, he's the guy... He does a lot of celebrity impressions, and he... uh, I don't know if you saw the... He was mocking the Ray Liotta Chantix commercial. It was very funny. So he put up another one. And this is him... Dressed as Michael Jackson, talking like Michael Jackson, and uh, he 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 put on all the makeup and the wig and everything. It's about a minute long. It's pretty funny. To hear this.
8: I'd like to address this horrible HBO documentary about me. It's filled with lies and ignorance. I would never hurt children. I love sleeping with little boys. That's all. Just a grown man sleeping with a little boy. Of course I fucked them kids. Come on, it's so obvious. I was a good pedophile, too, huh? I built a whole amusement park and a candy store. And I said, your kids like candy? And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, we like candy. I'm like, yeah, you like candy? Yeah, candy. Yeah, well, tell your mom to get the fuck out of here. tee Then they did. I was like, oh, shit. Didn't y'all notice <laughs> I only slept with little cute boys? Not little girls. Not little ugly boys. Just cute little motherfucking tight-ass, mm boys. Well... Better get back to heaven. I got in because I apologized right before I died. Damn the rules. Bye.
0: (laughs) That is great. And yeah, dude, so throughout that whole documentary, you just see constant video footage of Michael Jackson walking along with, like, his arm around a nine-year-old boy. Like, shit that would never fly today. But somehow, because he fucking had music with a beat, everybody just turned the other way and played pretend for a couple decades, including his family, by the way. The worst of all, too funny. All right, enough about him. Rotten hell, uh, I, I guys, I've talked a lot about the new head of Brazil, uh, Jair Bolsonaro. He's pretty funny. He's like the he's like Trump on steroids. Uh, you know what? Like, but I cannot fucking wait until those two guys meet. Now he tweeted out. And it got, uh, it made the news because, uh, so Carnival is happening right now in Rio de Janeiro, right? Or it was the last couple of days, last week or so. And Jair Bolsonaro decided he didn't like it. Man, he denounced what he said was the debauchery of the festivities and posted a video on Twitter that he presented as graphic proof. He wrote alongside a video he posted, quote, I don't feel comfortable showing this, but we have to expose the truth so the people can be aware, end quote. And the video he posted was these dudes, and they're like twerking, right? With their fucking ass cheeks hanging out. And then finally, one guy pisses on another dude's face. Yeah, one guy is wearing a black jock strap, dancing on top of what appears to be a, but, uh, a bus stop. And then, another, and then another dude comes along, and he just starts peeing in the guy's face. <laughs> now, of course, New York Times writes in Brazilians who disagreed of the reactions poured in. Well, it is fucking gross, dude. Uh, now one senator, see it's just it's just exact it's exactly the same as the United States. You've got like a president who is very popular with half the country and then the rest of the country hates him, right? Including an, a bunch of SJW corrupt Marxist politicians that hate him. Uh, senator Humberto Costa replied, "You are pathetic." The whole of Brazil is on the streets opposing you. This carnival made that clear. We can't even agree that a guy, a grown man, pissing in the face of another man wearing a G-string is disgusting? Man, we are far apart, aren't we? Oh, a political scientist weighed in, and they said that she suggested that the president's post may have violated the law that bars elected officials from acting in a manner that is incompatible with the dignity, honor, and decorum of the office. God. God. And, of course, Bolsonaro got plenty of attaboys from his supporters. And this these are like street parties. And they're known as blocos. And they tend to be rowdy affairs. There are plenty of sexually suggestive costumes and no shortage of public displays of affection. Um, but, you know... <laughs> there's one thing to have a couple chicks in bikinis and there's another thing to have a guy with his ass cheeks hanging out twerking getting fucking pissed on in the face in public by with another dude i mean it's come on it's fucking gross so yeah so he's uh he's dealing with that down there (laughs) sjw's man they're the same the world over aren't they uh this is kind of you know we freed an american hostage i know you barely fucking heard about this didn't you Uh, Danny Birch was an engineer at a Yemeni oil company and he was abducted by gunmen and held captive for 18 months. Uh, He was rescued in an armed raid last week. You may, if you did hear about this, you probably saw him in the White House with Trump. Uh, So this raid was supposedly led by the United Arab Emirates with help from the United States. Oh yeah, fuck you. (laughs) You know what that... Uh, You think... You think America is going to let UAE gunmen storm a place to get our guy? If you fucking believe that, you're retarded. I'm assure you that American troops were fucking running that show. Uh, That criminal Yemeni gang had a record of kidnapping Westerners for ransom, so this was their shtick. And they were known to sell hostages to a power local affiliate of Al-Qaeda. So, uh, Birch was obviously happy to be back. He said, quote, gosh, it's great to be an American, end quote. And ain't that the truth? It was pretty funny. That was like one of my last words. I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter. I got into it with all the SJW, the woke vet crew again. I know. Dude, you got, why do I engage? <laughs> I ask myself that all the time. Why do I engage? And it's because one of them was ripping on Dan Crenshaw saying he wanted to, like, uh, wanted to drone strike, uh, Ilyan omar's family or something like that and i'm like you know what you're just a fucking moron honestly is what you are and i was actually pretty nice at first and polite and saying this is wrong and then like the woke vets usually do they see they get hysterical you can't really have a debate with a leftist because inevitably they get all shrill and hysterical and he started getting personal so i got personal back and then you know in the funny part was you know who chimed in you remember fucking that west point communist remember that guy from a few years back he was kicked out of West Point for being a communist. Like no shit, he was writing shit on his hat like communism will win, taking pictures in uniform with a Che Guevara shirt as part underneath his uniform, shit like that. Yeah, Spencer Rapone. Yeah, he's got a Twitter account. I never even talked to this guy. He chimed in on a conversation, so I gave him a fucking little taste. Fucking shit bag. Don't even fuck. I told. I was like, he, you're not even worthy of talking to me, frankly. You're a fucking loser. Uh, you've been, fu- you were dishonorably. I'm sorry, you had other than honorable discharge from the US military, you failed out of ranger school, you're a total scumbag uh, I'm sure he gets lots of fucking resistance tail though down at the local coffee shop or something I don't know, I had to pile on him but dude, I don't know why I get involved you guys I like the combat, I like the uh, I don't know, I suppose I love the combat the combative nature you know, most people don't, I get it people are embarrassed to say what they really think now, you guys know that? What else do I have? Uh, let me just keep going here. Uh, the Br- a British minister had to apologize for calling a lawmaker a colored woman. <laughs> uh, that was the British Work and Pension Secretary Amber Rudd, and she described a Labour Party member of Parliament as a colored woman, which is remember it. You can say woman of color, but not colored woman. <laughs> And the, and the difference, and it's not even like a slight difference between the two. One of them is extremely the woke thing to say, and the other one is like, you're like fucking persona non grata if you say colored woman versus woman of color. I know it's bizarre. I don't understand any of it. Uh, so this, uh, this was quickly met with many condemnations and said uh, the term was an outdated, offensive, and revealing choice of words. Just remember, colored woman, woman of color. Yes, they are a lot different. Uh, uh, Clearly, right? Uh, Let's turn to the U.S. peace talks with the Taliban. How's that going so far? Uh, These are the peace talks in Doha, Qatar, and nearly 11 days after peace negotiations between the U.S. and the Taliban began with high hopes. It has become clear that any resolution to the 18-year war could be frustratingly slow. One of the prominent issues thwarting progress is a disagreement over a fundamental question What is terrorism and who is a terrorist? The answer to this is important because the two sides had already agreed in principle on a framework for two crucial issues the first, the withdrawal of American troops. And second, a commitment that Afghan soil would not again be used to launch terrorist attacks against the United States and allies like al-Qaeda did with its strikes on September 11, 2001. The Taliban have said they would not allow Afghanistan to be used as a launching pad for international attacks. American negotiators have insisted on specifying that Afghanistan not be used by, quote, terrorist, end quote, groups. But the Taliban are resisting that, saying that there was no universal definition of terrorism. <laughs> you, believe, you believe this shit? If we had done what I told them to do, right after September 11, 2001, we know it's the Afghans, right? We go in there and we fucking just, I mean, just fucking blow the place back in the stone. age. just obliterate them. March north to south, killing every military age male, right? Do that for six months. And then you say, don't fucking make us come back here and do this again, and then you leave. Instead, 18 years later. And then I believe it came out this afternoon that America wanted to leave in five years and the Taliban wants us to leave in one. And I'm like, how about a fucking week? (laughs) I know, I feel like I'm really in a minority on this. People really don't even think about Afghanistan anymore. Uh, This is world news with BK. You guys know I'm big on the international events. How about this one? There are 14 people in Denmark who have been charged with unlawfully sharing a graphic video online of the killing of a young woman in Morocco late last year. You guys remember that? Some of you actually sent it to me. Remember those were the uh, Norwegian ladies, the two of them? Yeah. Very graphic. And the charges follow an investigation to 118 police reports of the unlawful sharing of that video. That was the deaths of Luisa Vestager Jesperson of Denmark, and her friend Marin Uliand. They were 24 and 28 respectively. Uh, the second girl was from Norway. So these 14 people are accused of violating the penal code by sharing the video. So you can't you can't share videos now? Man, do guys, I know and you know they always sell this to you like, oh, well this is this is probably a good thing, you know, nobody should be allowed to share a graphic video. But then it's 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 incremental you guys it's the way they always do it it's never like full-on censorship it starts with oh yes of course this should be illegal and then they move on i would never ever ever make anything on the internet illegal i wouldn't uh child porn obviously anything like that's a different story somebody's being harmed in that you know clearly that uh, and it's and it's and there's a vast huge network for it too. But either way, look at how much fucking problem we have dealing with that. You can't stop this shit unless you shut down the internet, basically. A couple of them are like little kids. Two 13-year-olds will not be prosecuted in the ordinary courts, but may be referred to a juvenile crime board. Hmm. Yeah, dude, they're gonna they're gonna arrest people there for sharing the wrong video. Scary. Uh, let's see. Okay, this is, this is, uh, you guys know I love the racism stories, okay? And I, and, and, and one, and even more specifically, I love people being openly racist on, while the cameras roll, because <laughs> why' like, what are you thinking? I have not listened to this yet, but these are white students at Spain Park High School in Birmingham, Alabama, and apparently, uh, they use the N-word quite a bit. And uh, they also bring Jews into the conversation. It's about 45 seconds long. So let's listen to this together. Uh, if it pulls up, here we go. All the Holocaust?
8: What would the
7: world be like? We would have white people down. Would Jews, Jews would run fuck the world. Niggers. The Holocaust.
5: <laughs> fuck niggers, fuck Jews.
7: Jews if, are fine If the Holocaust white. never
9: happened, Jews would be running the world right it's now.
7: It's fine, we just need niggers gone. So, half, Think about mix that. Oreos. Think about awesome. that. What are you gonna do with them? You stick
1: them in concentration camps. No, you, you, have, have, to, fucking no, you have to wait
7: till they die. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's
5: charging.
10: Oh, no, we run niggers because, a because they y'all do put the in rap music, and we pay them for that.
5: And we
0: They're all talking over each other, so it's kind of hard to understand them. And the one goof keeps pointing. He's flipping his camera back and forth, filming the guy filming, and he's laughing. And I'm like, well, hope you're happy. <laughs> Too funny. Guys, you better keep your racism off social media because now you're all over the place. You know, so... No, you deserve it. Uh, in Germany, a linguistic controversy has flared up. This is great. A group of more than 70 influential figures has published an appeal against the use of gender-neutral terms. Now, I do not speak German, so I, I, it's hard for me to visualize this. But they're responding in part to a recent decision by the city of Hanover to adopt, officially language practices, including the so-called gender star. That is an asterisk that invites readers to choose between gendered spellings. (laughs) Now, this signatories, this group of signatories, who include writers, lawyers, journalists, teachers, linguistics, etc., etc., they wrote, quote, The so-called gender-neutral language is first based on a general error. Second, produces a wealth of ridiculous linguistic structures. And third, cannot be sustained cons- consistently. Consistently. This whole contortion of the language leads to something that is illegible and hard to understand. Uh, dude, why, why would... Who is introducing all this stuff? God. And they think this is a losing battle. The letter initially went relatively unnoticed, despite the prominence of some of the signatories. One reason may be that much of the country's news media has long made use of workarounds like the Gender Star. Of course. Of course. See, every news media, no matter what country you're in, is run by the leftist SJWs. Top to fucking bottom, you guys. That's it. Of course they've been using it for a while. They're very precious. And no wonder the letter didn't get any attention because the fucking media doesn't want to print that. God, I'm blown away by the constant efforts to deny reality. Oh, what else do I have? How are we doing on time? This is so weird. Like normally like I look at the clock and I know like how much time has gone by, but since I'm like not used to starting at uh I started like right at six fifteen. I don't know if I said that. Okay, so it's seven twenty one now. Okay, we got a ways to go. Let's keep going. And speaking of Germany, they had another politician who got in trouble because Angela Merkel's chosen successor has divided Germans after she described them as, quote, the most uptight people in the world, end quote, after she made a joke about gender-neutral toilets. Uh Uh-oh. Can't do that. That's illegal now. (laughs) What is this chick's name? Annegret Krampf-Karrenbauer. That, uh, but good for her man I'm still I'm actually glad she didn't back down this is the th- guys never fucking apologize that's like rule number one I see all these people apologizing all over the place don't apologize okay at ever just fucking mo- just be like you know what well if you're if you're offended fucking too bad <laughs> and that's usually the end of it right there so yeah here's the joke uh, she was at a traditional carnival event and she said the following quote Anyone been in Berlin recently? You can see the cafe latte faction who recently introduced toilets for the third gender. Therefore, men who are not sure whether they can still pee standing up or have to sit down. Ha 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 ha. End quote. Uh, that joke was slammed by Germany's political establishment. as offensive to transgender people. But rather, and here's the great, here's the great line, rather than apologizing, she doubled down at an Ash Wednesday appearance, defending the joke and accusing her critics of political correctness gone mad. Yeah, absolutely. fucking good for her. Yeah, that's what you just say, just say, you know what, fu- how about fuck you? <laughs> yeah. Guys, I'm telling you. Watch their faces when you say stuff like that. It's fucking... They don't know... It doesn't compute because they're so used to people like groveling, you know, especially if it's like something very politically correct. You know, if you make a joke about the toilets. People are like, you know what, BK, that's... You know, you're a little out of line there. Let's fucking be some sensitive to the gender issues. And then you say, why don't you go fuck yourself? How about that? <laughs> they don't know what to do. Oh, man. What else? Oh, well, here's something that's not so funny. Arizona Senator Martha McSally was in the news. Uh, She was at a Senate Armed Services Committee, and she said she fucking was raped. Of course, she's famously the first woman in the Air Force to fly in combat. But yeah, she said on Wednesday she had been raped by a superior officer one of multiple times. She was sexually assaulted while serving her country. This is crazy. Uh, I do have a clip here of the tape, so let us listen to Senator Martha McSally talking about this, here we go. It's
11: because of you that a light has been shined on this silent epidemic, and so many improvements have been made, including more than 100 legislative actions over the last decade on all aspects of military sexual assault. So, like you, I am also a military sexual assault survivor. But unlike so many brave survivors, I didn't report being sexually assaulted. Like so many women and men, I didn't trust the system at the time. I blamed myself. I was ashamed and confused. I thought I was strong, but felt powerless. The perpetrators abused their position of power in profound ways. And in one case, I was preyed upon and then raped by a superior officer. I stayed silent for many years, but later in my career, as the military grappled with scandals and their wholly inadequate responses, I felt the need to let some people know I, too, was a survivor. I was horrified at how my attempt to share generally my experiences were handled.
0: God, brutal. You know, I don't know the answer to that. You know, I don't don't understand even the attraction for the rapist. You know, like that, that's okay. It's a power thing, I know, but I'm talking to me personally. It's so bizarre to me. Like, you're, you're, you're holding, you're pinning a woman down, you know, and you're like groping her and trying to bang her, and she's like struggling and crying, and that's like a huge turn on to you. That's fucking, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't compute to me. That's like not, it's not sexual. (laughs) It's very sad. So. Report, people, ladies. Don't keep silent about it. I'm all about that part. What else do I have? Oh, well, this is a very important stat. Deaths from drugs and suicide have reached a record in the United States. So, the number of deaths from alcohol, drugs, and suicide in 2017 hit the highest level since the collection of federal mortality data started in 1999. God, that's as soon as it started? Uh, So, uh, more than 150,000 Americans died from alcohol and drug-induced fatalities and suicide in 2017. That's an incredible number. Uh, Of that uh, 150,000, 47,173 were suicides. That's just insane. Uh, So, uh, one spokesman for one of these think tanks he attributed the increasing disparities in health care and inequalities in income as crucial factors in the feelings of despair loneliness and a lack of belonging that contributed to suicides among many americans and some of this is obviously fueled by synthetic opioid deaths Because 20 years ago, less than 1,000 deaths a year were attributed to fentanyl and synthetic opioids, okay? 20 years ago, less than 1,000 deaths. In 2017, more than 1,000 Americans died from synthetic opioid overdoses every two weeks. That means 28,000 for the year, rather than 1,000. Most of the increase was concentrating in these uh, last five years, and... The opioid epidemic became the leading cause of death for Americans under the age of 55. The two highest number of deaths were West Virginia and New Mexico, respectively. Uh, the lowest two were actually Mississippi and Texas. So, pretty wild. And by region, it's the Northeast has all these high opioid death rates. Pretty, pretty wild. And they've been trying to, like, rein in this opioid addiction uh, because, but it's not really helping because patients who are addicted to prescription opioids often shift over to the synthetic ones, like fentanyl, which is 50 times more potent than heroin, in case you're wondering why all these people are dropping dead. And fentanyl, of course, has been found in, like, cocaine a lot now. Famously, the rapper Mac Miller, that's how he died. He got some cocaine with some fentanyl in it fucking dropped dead. Uh, those 47,000 suicides, uh, guns were used in about half, and nearly half. Though most common with Caucasians, suicide by gun increased proportionately more among racial and ethnic minority groups, especially among African Americans and Latinos. The rate among children and adolescents increased 16%. I blame that all on social media right there. Suicide by suffocation rose 42% in the last 10 years. There were 13,075 suicide by suffocation deaths in 2017. Wow, really? These guys are blaming that increase on copycat suicides. This one doctor says, people are getting the idea from this from high-profile celebrities who die by hanging. And in addition, the materials used in a hanging suicide are much more available... Than firearms. Hmm. Uh, Anything else good in here? Well, there, there there was a little good news. Five states did report a dip in those types of deaths, and that was Massachusetts, Oklahoma, Rhode Island, Utah, and Wyoming. But in some instances, the numbers in those states were super high to begin with. So just because they've come down a little bit, yeah, they come down from, like, huge numbers. So I don't know, guys. I've talked about the veteran suicide thing quite a bit. I don't know the answer to that especially with the veterans. You know, I I mentioned to somebody about I was talking to somebody on social media earlier. And you know, they're always, I know it's very popular to be like, "Yeah, we got to do more for the veterans. We got to do more for the veterans." And I'm all about that, you guys. But but I'm also I'm also I also have to show a little tough love here to my veterans. There's a lot of resources. The VA budget, you know what the VA budget is now? I just looked it up a little while ago. $198 billion. That's a 6% increase from last year. That's a lot of money. There is a lot of freaking resources out there for you veterans, you know? Whether it's school, housing, healthcare, all this other stuff, job training, tons of, re- but you gotta show up. You gotta fill out the paperwork. You know how many veterans I've known who have been like have been like, oh, you go to the VA? Wow, I wish I could go. And I'm like, well, you're eligible. You know, you you're retired. Oh yeah, I just never did the paperwork. I'm like, well, what? I'm not gonna do it for you, you know. It has to be incumbent upon you. You have to show a little motivation here. Again, guys, it's this is out of tough love, okay? Because everything else they're doing is not working. The veteran suicide rate and the epidemic continues on. So, I don't know. Maybe uh, this is a personal opinion, you guys. Tough love. Uh, how about this? Told you guys I had a lot of audio. Let's talk about R. Kelly for a moment. Yes, the singer documented him quite a bit. Now, two women, you guys have all heard R. Kelly was arrested for having sex with underage women. The famous R&B singer, of course. Now, two women whose parents say they are being held right now in emotional and sexual captivity by R. Kelly vociferously defended the musician in an interview that aired on Thursday, today. Claiming that their parents are blackmailing him and are just out for money. This is 21-year-old Osriel Clary and 23-year-old Jocelyn Savage. And they told Gail King, who I'm going to play in a minute because she was part of this interview. And she's at CBS this morning. They said they were absolutely in love with Mr. Kelly, who's 52, by the way. He was charged last month with 10 counts of aggravated criminal sexual abuse involving four women, three of whom were minors at the time. And beyond that, you guys have probably heard, he's also been accused of harboring this, like, kind of sex cult in which he abused women and controlled every aspect of their lives, including when they can go to the bathroom. So these two chicks who right now are in his harem, they're defending him. So... Uh, but and you know, remember, didn't Avenatti, Michael Avenatti, the lawyer, didn't he say he had a video of R. Kelly banging like an underage chick? I mean, if you got the video, that's like that's it, right? That's open and shut case. But R. Kelly went on CBS this morning. This is a long clip. I'm gonna I'm gonna play the whole thing because I have not heard the whole thing. But R. Kelly just is talking to Gail King, and he really fucking goes off. Like he loses his composure. He stands up and he starts shouting at Gail King. And I did tweet this one out if you want to go uh watch the clip. So this is about two and a half so minutes long. Let's listen. Here's nice. Gil King. And and correct me if I'm
12: wrong, that you have never held anybody against their will. I don't need to. That, Why would I? Well I'm, I'm how stupid would never held for anybody. R. Kelly with all I've been through in my way, way past, to hold somebody let alone four, five, six, fifty you said. it. how stupid would I be to do that? I didn't say that's stupid guys. I didn't is this camera on me. Yes, that's stupid Use your common sense Don't forget the blogs forget how you feel about me hate me if you want to love me if you want But just use your common sense. How stupid would it be for me to with my? crazy past and what I've been through Oh, right now, I just think I need to be a monster and hold girls against their will, chain them up in my basement, and, and don't let them eat and don't let them out unless they need some shoes down the street from their uncle. Robert, Stop it. Y'all quit playing. Quit playing. Robert. I didn't do this stuff. This is not me, y'all. I'm fighting for my life. Y'all killing me with this <laughs> I gave you 30 years my
0: you're standing Robert. up now. 30
12: years of my career. y'all trying to kill me? You're killing me, man. This ain't it's not about music. I'm trying to have a relationship with my kids, and I can't do it. Jeez. What, what? Y'all just don't want
5: to believe the truth. You don't want to believe it. At this point, we briefly pause the interview to give Kelly a moment. <laughs> His publicist helped calm him down.
12: I hope this camera keep going. This is not true. This doesn't even make sense. Why would I hold all these women? Their mothers and fathers told me, we're going to destroy your career. But Kelly's emotions remained raw. Robert. It's real girls out there missing. It's real young girls out there being abducted, being raped, OK? they really are on chains they really do have chains on their on their wrists, and they can't get out Robert, and they're ending up buried in deep. Robert we have to have a conversation. I, I don't want you just ranting at the camera. Well, I, think I came here for them to hear me okay, talk. I need help. What kind of help? This is the kind of help I need. Yes what kind of help? I need somebody to help me not have a big heart. Because my heart is so big, yeah, okay. people betray me, and I keep forgiving them.
5: You sound like you're playing the victim here. You sound like R. Kelly, you do. When I listen to you, just it does telling sound the like truth. you're playing the victim. I'm car. just telling
12: the truth. And the reason I'm emotional, Robert, and I apologize you... for that, no, is no, because no, this no. is the first time I was able to, to say speak. something. Yeah. I've said nothing.
0: All right, well, there you got it. You know, the, I, look, I don't know. All I know is there's been rumors about Rob R. Kelly for f- decades. D- Dave Chappelle made a fucking joke about it. Like, what, how long? How old was that Chappelle show now? Like, 15 years ago? And nobody did shit, okay? Black people certainly didn't care. I mean, because he was their fucking R&B superstar. They didn't want to look too close. I never listened to him, so I didn't know shit about R. Kelly. I'm not into gospel music at all. So, well, I guess we'll see. Like I said, the video will be the big thing. Still curious about Weinstein. I wonder where that. Wonder where that whole thing is. You know. Wonder what's gonna happen. I still maintain that I think Weinstein is gonna walk. I've said it before. I said it. Too, I said it a year ago. Standing by it. Okay, guys. Let's turn back and get an update on Africa and Ebola. You guys know I've been covering this pretty much every week. Uh, so, it's still raging on. And despite the use of promising antiviral drugs and a vaccine that has not been available in past epidemics, it's still going. Now, the deadliest outbreak occurred from 2014 to 2016 in Guinea, Liberia, and Sierra Leone. That one sickened 28,000 people and killed 11,308. So, just to catch you up, last August, an unrelated outbreak began in that war-torn northeastern part of the Democratic Republic of Congo. So far, 907 cases and 569 deaths have been attributed to the disease. And that's near the uh, Congo's border with Rwanda, South Sudan, and Uganda. And the funny part, well, it's not funny, but, you know, ironically, the region there is actually one of the few parts of the area that has decent roads (laughs) and a highly mobile population. So everybody's really freaked out that all these people in that triangle are just going to hitch a ride somewhere and spread it, and it's going to just go like wildfire. Now, more than 80,000 people have been vaccinated, although hard data is lacking. Um, experts suspect that without that vaccine, the epidemic would have grown much larger. But effort, here's the and here's the but, Efforts to stamp out the disease are failing in some areas because many people still don't understand Ebola. And also because heavy-handed measures by outside organizations, local police, and the military have alienated the communities, officials from aid groups and doctors who've worked in the region said. Uh, Fear of being confined in isolation units, people have avoided testing and treatment. They do not and they do not want outside interference and in rituals around death and burial. Yeah, you got remember like a couple weeks ago I said they set fire to a couple clinics? Cause they they look at it as, hey, anybody who goes into that building comes out dead. And then second of all, with the rituals, in the last outbreak, it was found it kept spreading because people in that part of the country would often handle their loved ones when they died. So the Ebola ridden body is being like fucking hugged and kissed by all these people who then themselves get Ebola. And these Ebola responders are increasingly being seen as the enemy, said Dr. Joanne Leo, president of Doctors Without Borders. And she said in the last month alone, there was more than 30 different incidents and attacks against elements of the response. And she said the existing atmosphere can only be described as toxic. Um... Remember, Congo is that part with the more than 100 armed groups that, I, that I've talked about frequently that are just constantly warring with each other. So, I mean, it sounds easy on paper. You know, nothing in Africa is easy, though. Nothing in, it's like, it's like oh, what's the big deal? We'll set up a tent, we'll have supplies flown in, bada boom, bada bing, we're fucking, we're done. Nothing in Africa is that simple. Uh, the corruption is a whole other argument on that one, too. Uh, I did say, I just did mention the recent attacks on two treatment centers operated by Doctors Without Borders led the group to close them. And uh, Dr. Liu, the aforementioned spokesperson, actually criticized the group Doctors Without Borders more. And she said they had to treat Ebola patients more as humans and not a bio threat. Well, see, this is the SJW female part. Like dude, you know what? Why don't we fucking worry about that once the crisis is over, okay? Cuz right now you have a they are a bio threat. Look, I get it. I get you want to have a certain bedside manner. I get that. But you should be looking at this as you're a bio threat. Come on, doc. Uh what else on this one? I'm just looking to um, see if there's anything in here about the the handling Of the corpses and the rituals. In this latest article. And unfortunately there is not. Luckily being the wise. Podcast Ram. I read it in many previous ones. So there you go. Luckily I had that on my brain. Uh, A couple wardrobe news. Uh, Virgin Atlantic. The airline. It will not make female flight attendants. Wear makeup or skirts anymore. (laughs) Okay. So that's great. Every all the standards are slipping. The, the next, yeah, they don't want to. God forbid you fucking look good in a skirt and have some makeup on. And because that's what they're known for, right? The female flight attendants—they're famous for that red skirt, the red shoes, and the bold crimson lipstick. But now, in a surprising move announced this week, the airline has given them two new options: new options to go without makeup and to wear pants. Uh, Virgin and this is a big deal for Virgin because since its first flight in 1984 the airline has constantly upped the ante with its uniforms seeking really sleek cuts and bold shades of red. But the airline's announcement on Monday reflected a gradual shift in the aviation industry which is notorious for putting a premium on female flight attendants appearances. Yeah. You know you know who doesn't do this is all the fucking Middle Eastern airlines. They All their fucking flight attendants are hot as hell. Like Etihad and what's the other one? I can't remember all of them, but, you know, Saudi Arabia's airline, and Jordan, Royal Jordanian, they've got smoking. There is no such thing as an ugly (laughs) stewardess, sorry, flight attendant on those airlines. But, of course, the Western uh, SJW airlines, yeah, we can't have that. Uh, The only action I ever get from uh, the flight attendants is when it's some dude... Is ogling me. I see you, bro. Come on. What else do I have? All right, I did that one with the. uh, Let's play. Oh, this is great. Oh, god, I wanted to get to this. Okay, I don't know if you guys have followed. You guys are familiar with Birmingham, England. If you don't know, Birmingham now is basically like a Sharia zone. I'm exaggerating a little bit. It's very Muslim is what I'm trying to point out, famously. Now, it's interesting because you guys know that there's there's little I like better than a woke-on-woke woke battle, right? Like a protected group pitted against another protected group. I, I will always pay attention to that. And that's what's happening in Birmingham because a primary school that taught pupils about homosexuality as a program to challenge homophobia has been stopped after hundreds of children were withdrawn by parents in protest this was parkfield community school in birmingham and yeah the muslim parents dude you know see guys quick quick sidebar if you had to bet on a religion being around 100 years from now would you put your money on islam or christianity <laughs> i know where my fucking money is being put and it's not on christianity like these muslim parents they ostensibly they have the same beliefs about homosexuality as the Christians, but the Christians were beaten into submission, in, at least in America, a long time ago. They don't have the fucking nuts to protest this. But yeah, the Muslims didn't fuck around, dude. Um, on Friday, last week, about 600 Muslim children aged between 4 and 11 were withdrawn from the school for the day. And. Uh, and this is, this is great because, you know, the, the BBC doesn't know how to handle this. This is, uh, this is, this is seen as ver- very unwoke. However, you know, who are you going to ba- side with? You side with the gays or you side with the Muslims? I mean, it's probably safer siding with the Muslims, that's for sure. Uh, So last month This has been ongoing by the way The Guardian reported that the assistant head teacher Of the school was forced to defend the lessons After 400 predominantly Muslim parents Signed a petition calling for them To be dropped from the curriculum Uh, So This guy This teacher, I'm sure he's gay His name's Andrew Moffat. He's kind of like the He's kind of like the guy Doing all this He was awarded some kind of I don't know what an MBE is It's like an Order of the British Empire or something like that. Some kind of medal, civilian award. Uh, he's, He's awarded that for his work in Equality Education. And he's all about, he's the author of Challenging Homophobia in Primary Schools. Oh, and he's currently shortlisted for the World's Best Teacher Award. And actually, this is his second school. He resigned from another primary school, also in Birmingham, after a similar dispute with Muslim and Christian parents. Now, I do have some audio clip. Because parents have been protesting outside the school, okay? And they're holding up signs that read stuff like, quote, say no to promoting of homosexuality and LGBT ways of life to our children, end quote. And another sign that reads, education, not indoctrination. Oh, these all sound very familiar. Like, this is, like, see, the, the right-wingers in the U.S. could get behind this, right? Okay, so, so that's the general gist of it. So let's hear, I have not heard all this audio... But here is some audio from the school, about two minutes long. Let's listen to this guy for a while. Here we go. to
9: make one thing very clear. This program, it's not just about telling people that other families and other types of lifestyles exist. It's actually aggressively promoting them, giving it a positive spin and telling people that it is okay for you to be Muslim and for you to be gay. Mr. Moffat! Shame, 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 shame!
13: (laughs) Shame!
9: Shame! Mr. Moffat, I did not want to make this personal but Mr. Moffat has decided upon his own self to reinterpret our religious scriptures. And I don't know, I don't know where he I don't know where he gets his religious education from and when he became Mufti Moffat. Oh good line. But our religious beliefs are not here to be changed. We don't send our children to school to be indoctrinated. That's the word that our pa- these parents have been saying again and again and again. This is an aggressive indoctrination that is going on that we are speaking against. If there was no aggressive promotion, then you would not have had all these parents come out on the street. And as I've said to you, this program is very toxic. Not only do we, we are aiming to have it abolished in this school, but we're going to have it abolished in every school in Birmingham, every school in the country. And that's going to happen with a grassroots movement of parents coming out on the streets. That's what, that is what is needed. Parents coming out and
0: fighting their corner and fighting for their children's rights. Why dude, okay. First of all, the optics are very funny. Cause this dude is standing in a fucking he's standing up in a flatbed truck with huge signs on it and with a sound system. You can hear it. He showed up with a sound system. And there's like a couple hundred other Muslim parents sitting on the sidewalk. I do you know what? I fucking I look, I have no use for religion, basically. I got to hand it to the Muslims in Birmingham. You know what? They showed up. You fucking uh, right-wing Christians, you the United say, what did you do when they were introducing all the fucking gay stuff in here? You didn't do shit. Maybe a few of you wrote some emails, and then you were chastised on social media, and you all fucking bowed your head and went along with it. Muslims aren't going along with it. If I was that guy Moffitt, I'd maybe, like, try a different town other than Birmingham, maybe, to do your program. I don't know. Uh, too funny. All right, what else, guys? How are we doing? Okay, got a ways to go. Let's fucking keep it going. Oh, top three of my favorite topics, you guys. Come on, you know them. If you guessed one of them is fake hate crimes, yeah, absolutely. Now, is this fake? I don't know, but my girl uh, Kate sent this to me. Thank you again. I get, I get most these stories from you guys sending me stuff, so I appreciate it. So here's the headline. This was in the Denver Post on March 5th. This was published, right? And the headline says, quote, Their Denver home was defiled with racist graffiti, but these homeowners are leaving it up to teach a lesson. Okay, got that? So what happened was, it's been three days, writes the Denver Post, since an unknown vandal crept onto Devin Mead's and Ken Jenkins' property on Fillmore Street in Denver. Okay, so we got a, uh, it's not said here, but that sounds like some uh, gay couple, I guess. A gay black couple? I don't know. But the homeowners uh, are, so, so they're, they're sitting there. So their house has been defaced with startling images of racist slurs and a person being hanged in a noose. So they don't want to take the racist graffiti down because, you know, they're trying to teach a lesson. Uh, Jenkins, one of the homeowners, said, I felt if I painted over this, it makes everything go quiet and it just kind of fades out like everything else does. And we will have this removed at one point, but we want the community to be able to have a conversation about it and leave it up a little while. Okay. Now, I'm looking at the picture. First of all, okay. All right, guys, here, just caution for racial slurs. I'm going to read them out loud. Okay, there is one clear spray paint that just says nigger n-i-g-g-e-r now another one by it says niger n-i-g-e-r so they misspelled it and then right next to that is another graffiti that says fuck niger's n-i-g-e-r-s again misspelled and then there are two like you know when you played hangman as a kid with stick figure that's what it looks like there's two of those spray painted usually if i see misspellings and backward swastikas you guys just automatically my antenna go up so and you know my stance I'm, I'm automatically assuming this was bullshit and i'll be happy to be proven wrong but that's where i come at these from, from now on because i've just been as you guys know i do it week in and week out and i've seen them so many times i just assume it's horseshit uh, so Denver detectives with the Denver Police Department's bias-motivated crime unit are investigating the incident, so we'll see, now here's, here's another clue, but I should have mentioned this in, in the past If it, when, every time I do one of these stories if you never hear anything again about it it was almost certainly bullshit because what happens is the cops investigate and they can't prove I'm sure the cops have suspicions but they can't prove it wasn't them you know what I'm saying, if that makes sense so then they just kind of like let it die and then the homeowner got their SJW points out of it, so they don't want to. They don't want to make any more stink. So it, that's a big clue. If you never hear anything about a big hate crime thing that happened, then chances are it was all bullshit to begin with. Okay, speaking of that, let's move on. Uh, you know, rappers are going to the Supreme Court. I love this. Uh, Several famous rappers are urging the U.S. Supreme Court to take up a case involving a Pittsburgh rapper and whether his song lyrics are protected under the First Amendment. Oh, I believe we might have rap lyrics, you guys. You know what that means. In a legal brief filed on Wednesday, rappers Killer Mike, Chance the Rapper, Meek Mill, Yo Gotti, Fat Joe, and 21 Savage, who will never be deported, We're among a group of artists and scholars who say Jamal Knox's rap song, Fuck the Police, is a political statement that no reasonable person familiar with rap music would have interpreted as a true threat of violence. So Knox performs under the rap name Mayhem Mal, and they formed the rap group Ghetto Superstar Committee. Right? They were arrested in 2012 during a routine traffic stop on gun and drug charges. <laughs> okay. And after their arrest, they wrote and recorded a song titled Fuck the Police, seen as an homage to the NWA 1988 rap song, of course, the famous one, also titled Fuck the Police. Here's where it got interesting, because their song that was posted on Facebook and YouTube included the names of the two Pittsburgh officers who arrested them with lyrics like, here we go, I'm going to jam this rusty knife all in his guts and chop his feet Well, you shift over at three and I'm going to fuck you up while you sleep. Guys, I'm fucking telling you, fuck the podcast. I have to be a rapper. That's my dream. It's in my heart. I have the ability. I've got the drive. I'm going to do it. Uh, So that was some of their, now the officers then testified that the lyrics made them nervous and concerned for their safety, with one saying it led him to leave the police force. Then Knox was found guilty and sent to prison for two years on charges of terroristic threats and witness intimidation stemming from the song, uh, along with the separate gun and drug charges. Uh, at his sentencing, he said he did not intend any harm against the officers, and they should be separately from his rap persona. Oh, this is what that fucking Takashi Six Nine guy tried. Remember that rap? You might, the guy who might be going to prison. He said the same thing. He's like, "Oh, this is all part of my act," you know. Which is probably true, but it kind of maybe fucks up your record sales a little bit. So Knox upheld his con- he appealed his conviction with the Pennsylvania St- State Supreme Court, which did uphold the ruling. And uh, they, <laughs> this is funny, the, ch- the court's chief justice weighed in on the lyrics, and they said that the rap song here is of different nature and quality. Um, they do not include political, social, or academic commentary, nor are they fact- f- factually satirical or ironic. Rather, they primarily portray violence towards the police. The rappers responded, probably correctly, that the opinion reveals a court deeply unaware of popular music generally and rap music specifically. That's pretty funny. Well, you guys, morons, I don't think, you put the fucking cop's real name in there, that's that's where you fucked up. I agree with them 100% on everything else. That is ridiculous. But you can't fucking, you should, you can't, how, you made those two cops a, a target i don't know so uh they're trying to get the supreme court to take up the case if they do it will not likely be heard until this session that begins next october well we'll see Fast i don't think you can target specifically people saying yeah i'm going to kill yeah i'm going to kill joe's i'm going to kill officer joe smith of the pittsburgh police department i don't i don't think uh i don't think that's going to go well What else do I have? Some, some, a couple politicians were in the news. Uh, Let's get, let's get a few of these guys going. Um, Hillary Clinton is still on tour. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Remember, she did her tour. It's still going 845 days after the election. And she is still talking about how she lost to Donald Trump. So she went down to Selma, Alabama, where they were commemorating Bloody Sunday. And she did a little talk, and it was pretty funny, because one guy spliced together some of the clips, and you can hear her. Uh, remember how Hillary Clinton was mocked heavily for having an affected southern accent when she's around people? That's kind of what she did here. Um, she, so this guy kind of diced up a clip it's, um, of her accent. And uh, let's hear this. Let's hear Hillary Clinton.
5: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, and then let's get to work. Reverend Green. Reverend Green. When those bones get up, (laughs) and when that spirit is breathed into them, and they start climbing out of that valley, the first place they go is to register to vote. Because you know I've heard Corey preach. I've heard Corey preach. Oh, Mrs. Sewell, you know. I mean, he—he, you just get ready. But I want to say, I want to say. And when they went to work, they found a receptive Supreme Court who came up with the most absurd decision. There are a lot of absurd decisions, but this is, in many ways, the most absurd. The Congress is supposed to legislate based on evidence and facts, which we did, and then it gets up to the Supreme Court, and they say, oh... I mean, just think about it. Between 2012, the prior presidential election, where we still had the Voting Rights Act, and 2016, when my name was on the ballot, there were fewer voters registered in Georgia than there had been those prior four years.
0: Wow! <laughs> Think yeah. about it, okay. my friends. Have you ever heard her talk like that when she's talking to white people? No, you haven't. Yeah, so she's bl- just, she started this conspiracy theory that all kinds of black voters were prevented from voting, and that's why she lost. Uh, to their credit, the media actually said she was, uh, she was full of shit on that one. So I'll... I'll Praise the media when they're right. Okay. uh, What else? We had Chelsea Manning. Yeah, my girl. She's in the news. And former Army intelligence, well, it reads officer. She was not an officer. Come on, Stars and Stripes. Former Army non-commissioned officer Chelsea Manning is facing possible jail time after refusing to answer a grand jury's questions about her disclosure of classified State Department cables and war logs in 2010 To the anti-secrecy website WikiLeaks, Manning said that a federal judge in Alexandria, Virginia, scheduled a contempt hearing for Friday and that she could be sent to jail less than two years after she was released from a military prison for her leaks. Yeah, remember that stupid Obama letter out early? So, the judge, Claude Hilton, refused to quash the subpoena against Manning in a sealed hearing on Tuesday. So she doesn't want to testify against WikiLeaks and its founder, Julian Assange, who has also been charged under SEAL. During her trial, just in case you're wondering, Manning testified that she acted on her own to send documents to WikiLeaks and that no one associated with the anti-secrecy group pressured her into giving more information. But then prosecutors produced chat logs, whoops, in which she asked Assange for help cracking a password. To argue that the two were, in fact, collaborating. Of course, Manning is now 31 years old, uh, formerly known as Bradley, and was given 35 years in prison. But her sentence was commuted after seven years by stupid President Barack Obama. A spokesman for Trump at the time, who was about to take office, called that decision disappointing and troubling. All right. well, if you're not going to talk, I guess you're fucking going back to jail. I tweeted this one out, dude. Uh, she, did you hear? Two cops were injured when a fucking somebody had an ND in a range. You had a shooting range in Boston, uh, Quincy to be specifically. The incident involved federal court officers contracted by the U.S. Marshals, not Boston police. These are federal court guys. Sources tell ch- uh, local Channel Five that one of the Oh, God. That one of the officers was emptying his firearm when it went off. Oh my god. The bullet shot through his hand and struck an instructor in the thigh and buttocks, said sources. <laughs> <laughs> See, the funny thing is, because they're federal, he won't even be fired. Like, as a, as a contractor, you would be fired immediately for that, and you'd never come back. I, bull, fucking... It boggles my mind that this this happens with people who are supposedly uh, supposed to have a passing acquaintance with firearms. But it still happens all the time, you guys. Uh, How about some more funs? Let me scroll down near the bottom here because I have all the fucking gross stuff here. (laughs) Um, uh, How about this one? This is a great... I love the Daily Mail. They're so great. Here's a great headline. Uh, Missouri gym worker... Watch out for Montarius. 26 years old, secretly took nude photos of tanning customers, his girlfriend, and even his own sister before posting them online in Russia. Oh. This guy's name is Michael Koch Koch, K-O-C-H. He photographed his sister naked with a camera hidden in the bathroom at their family home. They also allege he took images of her, his nude girlfriend engaging in sex acts. And he is accused of posting pictures of dozens of women on tanning beds. A total of 41 women. And he was arrested after he was seen holding his phone over a tanning booth. Oh, so this wasn't even on a... What, you just walking over there? It's so weird. Uh, the gym, in case you're wondering, was St. Peter's Club Fitness, where he worked from 2010 to 2017. <laughs> now the images do not show the customer's face and are of poor quality but they are working to identify those affected and apparently he got busted because uh, some chick saw him who was in the adjoining booth and then he posts these image on a russian photo sharing website so he's being held on fifteen thousand dollars bail after he was charged with two felony counts of invasion of privacy well, I guess, would they not have revenge porn laws there? I mean, if his girlfriend's doing sex acts, that's like, a, well, that would be against the law in Cali. I guess not. Uh, what else do I have? Uh, here we go. <laughs> this guy. Uh, let's go to Florida. A Florida man is accused of masturbating in front of children, but his defense, he says he was just adjusting his hernia. Yeah, right. Nice try. Gary Singer, 30 years old, in Largo, was accused of masturbating in front of these kids. Largo police said a group of kids under the age of 16 were walking home from school when they noticed Singer looking directly at them as he stood against a window and masturbated. This continued until the victims screamed and ran away. When questioned by police, Singer denied masturbating and said he was adjusting his hernia while pulling up his pants over and over again. Police say Singer has a previous history of lewd and lascivious exposure of sexual (laughs) organs. Okay, well, I guess you don't get any benefit of the doubt, huh? (laughs) Oh, And uh, and just another, as long as I'm on the topic of uh, masturbation. You guys know I love the masturbation. A homeless man, also in Florida. Let's stay in Florida. A homeless man is accused of stealing a Florida Sheriff's Office American flag before masturbating outside the headquarters building. What the fuck? <sighs> oh, man. Robert Janice, 67. Uh, he was seen on security camera footage rolling up to the Monroe County Sheriff's Office flagpole in his wheelchair <laughs> Saturday afternoon, untying the rope and lowering the flag before putting it in his backpack. He then later wheels himself under the building, pulls down his pants, and masturbates, according to the footage, the sheriff's office said. They later spotted him in a parking lot a couple of miles away, and he had the flag. And at first, he made up a story that the flag had fallen to the ground, and then later he admitted stealing it. He said he did not remember exposing himself. God. That's what they do in Florida, huh? All right, pretty hot. I told you guys I had a, some good SJW uh, clips here. Let's go first to, I've got a couple of them. Now, one of them, okay, so a bunch of Republican women were holding a conference somewhere in D.C., and they were calling on the resignation of Ilhan Omar, right? So leftist activists decided to disrupt it. So uh, let's kind of hear how this goes. It's Here we go.
14: Okay, right, good.
5: Wonderful. Okay, Thank somebody, you. Somebody. You stand
14: with Ilhan Omar. You're welcome. You. We know what oh, my is yeah. oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. We In had a... I had a...
3: Something. Can I ask you to please sit down? Please, please
5: sit down. Please sit down.
4: are to love the stranger. Can I ask you to please sit down? place
12: under arrest. Step out or I'll place you
1: under arrest. Can
11: I ask...
12: Mr. Perry? Yes, sir. I need you to stand by. Are you going to step out
11: or move Oh, no, I'll step out. Sure. Stand. <laughs> Thank you. Can I please ask you to leave?
7: That is so very bad.
5: Very
7: bad. Being dragged out of the room
13: with anyone like, like that. You are radical. No, no, no. This I country do was... You too. Now. don't allow you to leave. You are radical. Out or I'll play you invited me rest. They requested you to
4: out. She just asked you to leave. She just she asked you to leave. She she ask you leave. If you do not leave, I will.
12: Can
15: I please ask you to leave? Are you asking her to leave? If she disrupted... I'm asking you to leave. It's I know, but we are asking you to leave. No, please.
3: She is welcome to stay so long as she's not disruptive. I wasn't going to say anything. I told you I was I know you wouldn't. So you're, you're welcome to stay. Contrary.
0: Fifty minutes to later, that chick who they let stay starts news. going off.
5: President Trump is a champion for women's rights. Go! Oh, I have to
7: go. He is the biggest misogynist pig ever. He's a rapist. He's a serial molester. You women, are women's rights.
5: Racist you
3: She promised she wouldn't do that
0: <laughs> Okay there you go uh, You know I have to say One of those uh, One of those women for Trump Was uh, quite attractive So I don't know if you guys If anybody knows uh, her, Send her digits my way uh, Now Here is another one And this is funny I think this is also in D.C. somewhere This is all they do now in D.C. So this is okay. This is a black Trump supporter, and he's trying to talk with the liberals. And some chick starts screaming, "Not my president!" at this guy. And he's a black guy wearing he's wearing his make a make America great again hat, which is hilarious. Let's hear this lunatic.
15: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, and we won. That's right. Good luck. We we're in the presidency. We won. All right. Who's and it's gonna be another who's four who's years. We? Who's 1776 Us 1776s, baby. 1776. Yeah. Yeah. You were born 1776. That's right. You were born. Baby. No, it's not the point. It's about the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, youngster. Yeah. Look it up. Yeah. yeah. What about all the slaves that were? So captured? what? That was what the time them? back then. You know, let me tell you something about slavery. Let me tell you something about slavery. We always get short change on slavery. They always try to tell you that the white man is the one who's responsible for slavery. But guess what? That's bullshit. Because every other nationality was doing slavery. Every nationality. That's right. That's right. That's ignorant. <laughs> That's why he's your president. That's, your president. president. <laughs> That's so stupid. It is stupid. You see president. that? Not see that? President. We won. We won. Bottom line. Blood hurt far left thinkers. That's what that is. That's but right, my brother. far left thinkers. But That's right. All indeed. of you progressive thinkers could go to hell. Yeah. That's right. We, we are
11: in hell.
15: That's, That's right. Yeah, That's right. You can you say that again because guess what? We're sure in the Matrix. That's why I'm Red Pill Ken at Twitter.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, Red Pill Ken. All right, take it easy, bro. Okay, too far. Oh, should I even do this last one? Oh, what the hell? I told you guys. A lot. Okay, now this was in Portland State, and a guy shuts down the congressional, the college Republicans of Portland State. They're having an event, and some guy just stands up there. And he goes up to the front and blocks the projectors as the speaker couldn't play a video. And the cops just watched. They said there was nothing he they could do as long as he wasn't violent, which is idiotic. You've seen, I've played many clips where they, that clip I just played, the cops said, get out of here. But no, the cops in Portland are super, just, they're just so just precious. And they won't drag him out. And it was funny because in the last few seconds of the video, and I'm going to scan ahead a little bit. The protester says to the speaker that quite a few transgender people were beaten up last time you spoke on campus. I don't know who the speaker was. The speaker says, I've never spoken on this campus before. And then the protester admits that he just made that up. <laughs> it's just, at least he's honest. Let's hear how this, oh, he's ringing a bell the whole time, too. Standing there ringing a
14: bell while
0: the guy's trying to talk.
5: Right, of skip ahead. Her i of me from You're You're I absolutely disgusting. No, I won't touch that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that's been. I don't know how often you wipe your ass with that hand. That's the protester.
0: I'm, I'm not going
1: to do it.
5: Shit. Woo. Man, I can speak forever. Your ah. mom must really think highly of you. <laughs> uh. Oh, she thinks great things of me from her grave. That's been happening, like, for weeks now. There's been people so riding around in trucks. They've been... So <laughs> rolling up on trans people, gay learn, people, like and, because, and, and because of the they, 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 they end up attacking people. Is, is, is that your
1: friend?
10: Is I, I that you that's about going about around attacking, attacking or people, else. or is that? that just tiny? I stand for the of everybody. Everybody you know, I stand it. for the civil rights of everybody. Oh, oh you say yeah. that, but yeah. last yeah. time you were here
5: on campus, quite a few trans people got assaulted by people that came to your speech last time you were here on campus. I don't believe I've ever spoken on campus. Oh, have you not? Oh, weird! That's so weird. I wonder what gave me that source. Oh yeah, I just fucking made it up because I can make shit up if I want.
0: Do you see, you guys? This is what I'm fucking dealing with on Twitter. This is what I'm fucking dealing with. These and do you hear the smugness. He thought that's. He thinks that's a sick burn. This is what I'm talking about. I fucking feel like I'm on a different planet than these people. And he's very pudgy. Just like the fucking SJW, I'm not even gonna say who it was. If you wanna go see who I got into it with Twitter with, you can fucking go look at my Twitter feed. But suffice it to say, he also has a podcast. I looked up the two guys. They both are very pasty, paunchy, high pitched, bad hair, fucking schlubby. And I told him, I'm like, you know what, bro? You need a fucking tan, you need to hit the gym. And you need some fucking hair plugs. Because you look like a fucking bag of shit. You look like fucking 130 pounds of a sack of shit is what you look like. And just like this protester for Portland State. Same fuck. All these guys look alike to me. They're all very soft and smug and just 100% assured that they are right. And they're very smart and you're very dumb. That's what they think. They make me fucking laugh. Okay, uh, now, uh, I'm just going to keep rolling through a few of these audio clips. This was a sad story. Uh, Alex Trebek, the host of Jeopardy, he announced on the Jeopardy Twitter account that he had been diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. Very sad. He's been around forever. Let's hear from Alex Trebek.
10: I have some news to share with all of you, and it's in keeping with my longtime policy of being open and transparent with our Jeopardy fan base. I also wanted to prevent you from reading or hearing some overblown or inaccurate reports regarding my health. So therefore, I wanted to be the one to pass along this information. Now, just like 50,000 other people in the United States each year, this week I was diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. Now normally the prognosis for this is not very encouraging, but I'm going to fight this. And I'm going to keep working, and with the love and support of my family and friends, and with the help of your prayers also, I plan to beat the low survival rate statistics for this disease. Truth told, I have to, because under the terms of my contract, I have to host Jeopardy for three more years. (laughs) So help me. Keep the faith, and we'll win. We'll get it done. Thank you.
0: Oh man, it's fucking brutal. Pancreatic cancer—if you don't know—that's one of the worst. I—I want to say, isn't that? I'm pretty sure that's what Patrick Swayze had. Remember he? Remember he was like diagnosed and then he died like fucking two weeks later. It seemed very brief. I could—I might be shady on some of those details, but I, I think that's pretty much the way it goes. Uh, Here was a local story from the San Diego Union Tribune. I thought this was pretty funny. And it involved a Navy SEAL and the Border Patrol, two of my favorite topics, so I thought I'd cover it. Uh, Dual lawsuits between the Border Patrol and a Navy SEAL veteran who who fought, (laughs) fist fought, in Imperial Beach have settled their court cases, each side agreeing to walk away from the litigation without paying the other. So, here's what happened. This happened in 2014. God, see, this is why you walk away, because who wants to drag this shit out for four years? In 2014, Alton Jones was visiting the beach with his family, right? He's the retired Navy SEAL, or former Navy SEAL. Does it say retired? He just says Navy SEAL vet. I don't know if he's retired or not. So, he's visiting the beach with his family. He went for a jog on what turned out to be a restricted path. Now, this is near Imperial Beach, you know, by the it's right by the border in case you don't know. It's right across from the border. And there are signs warning against trespassers facing the north, but not the west, which the direction Jones was coming from, so he has, you know, it's plausible he never saw any signs. However, border patrol agents testified that Jones ignored them when they tried to tell him to turn around and ran around their vehicles when they tried to block his path. The agents gave chase, which culminated in Jones and an agent going to the ground. Uh, Jones did suffer mild injuries, and the Border Patrol agent actually broke his ankle. Now, the judge did side with the Border Patrol on one front, ruling that it is beyond genuine dispute that the agents had probable cause to arrest Jones And the judge cited the crime of refusing to leave federal land and willfully obstructing law enforcement. And the agent with a broken ankle filed a countersuit against Jones for the injury. And the judge also ruled in favor of the agent. But he did the judge say that a jury should be the ones to determine allegations that Jones was hit during the arrest, that he was left in a hot patrol car for 20 minutes in the middle of summer, and that agents ignored his complaints of pain while in custody. Well, yeah, what do you you expect, dude? When the cops chase you down and fight, and then they finally get a hold of the situation and throw you in a squad car, do you think they give a fuck if you're sweaty or hot? No, they don't. So, uh, they fucking finally decided, you know what, we're, we're all acting stupid here. And they left. So it's probably the best course of action. Um, this is a great headline. A bunch of you guys sent me this one. A billionaire diamond trader, 65 years old, has died during penis enlargement surgery that triggered a heart attack at a Paris clinic. I have many questions on this. First of all, if you're a billionaire, you don't fucking need a penis enlargement, bro. Uh, no, this, the, the premise, I reject it. Well, this guy's name was Ehud Aria Laniado. He's a, uh, what is he, Belgian? Oh, yeah, he's a Belgian-Israeli, dual nationality. That's not, I don't like the dual nationality, guys. You should have to pick a team, you know? Shouldn't you? Am I in the minority on that? I'm not down with it. Pick one or the other. Okay, so this guy dies at the age of 65 at the clinic of an unnamed plastic surgeon on the Avenue des Champs-Élysées in the French capital of Paris. And according to local media, complications during surgery proved fatal for the merchant, and he suffered a heart attack when a substance was injected into his penis. The billionaire, whose exact fortune is not publicly known, got in trouble with the authorities in 2013, just in case you're wondering about his background at all. He faced a claim of $4 billion. British pounds from the Belgian authorities for tax evasion on diamonds illegally imported from Congo and Angola. (laughs) Uh, He's one of these blood diamond guys, huh? Okay, so then they have a little bit more. They said he suffered from a a Napoleon complex, a little guy. He was a short guy, right? And he was always focused on his appearance and how others perceived him. And he... His friend said the only time he forgot about his short height Was when he asked his accountant to read out his bank statement Something which he did multiple times a day (laughs) Hey, If I was a billionaire I would also like my bank statement read to me several times a day So, uh, but yeah, all that for naught, dude And you decided what? In your 60s, you're going to go through fucking elective surgery When you have, again, a billion dollars I know this is ludicrous, okay? What's the matter with you? A bunch of you guys also sent me this audio clip, and I think this is important. This was a uh, uh, on Joe Rogan's podcast, and they ha- he had Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey on there, right? He also had uh, journalist Tim Poole, who I check out on Twitter sometimes. That's at TimCast, and Tim is a uh, he's kind of a liberal, but he's very he's like me. He's a big free speech guy. He thinks it's wrong that these giant tech companies can censor people like they've done with me you guys have heard my story about being booted off twitter and uh tim asked this guy jack dorsey twitter ceo uh and the other chick in it is um the twitter uh, the trust and safety lead of twitter her name is vijaya gade i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right or not so tim wants to know why people were being suspended for tweeting learn to code a journalist you guys probably saw that a couple weeks ago mocking journalists basically for being laid off when all those layoffs happen and people are saying hey better learn to code you know the like they told like that was famously back that's what obama was telling the coal miners that's what they'd need to do i don't know if it was obama specifically that was a left-wing talking point so people were mockingly tweeting to the laid-off journalists hey learn the code and they were being suspended for that okay so here's tim asking uh, why why is that
3: Right. And, and why are people being suspended for t- tweeting hashtag learn to code? Yep. We, we did some research on this.
0: Yes, we
13: did some research on this. Um, so there was a, a situation, in, I guess about a month ago or so, where uh, a number of journalists were receiving a variety of tweets, um, some containing uh, learn to code, some containing uh, a bunch of other um, coded language that was wishes of harm. These were thousands and thousands of tweets being directed at a handful of journalists. And we did some research, and what we found was uh, a number of the accounts that were engaging in this behavior, which is tweeting at the journalists with this either Learn to Code or things like Day of the Rope and other coded language uh, were actually um, ban evasion accounts. That means accounts that had been previously suspended. And we also learned (laughs) that there was a targeted Hmm. campaign being organized off our platform to abuse and harass these journalists. That's not true.
3: That's so see, see, here's the thing. An activist who works for NBC wrote that story and then lobbied you. You issued an official statement, and then even the editor-in-chief of the Daily Caller got a suspension for tweeting Learn to Code at the, da- at the Daily Show.
13: So I have never talked to anybody from NBC about this issue, so I'm not right, but sure. They re-
3: no, so they report it. Don't misrepresent me. They report it. The narrative goes far and wide amongst your circles. Then all of a sudden, you're seeing high-profile conservatives tweeting a joke getting suspensions.
13: So, again... Some of these tweets actually contained um, death threats, which is a other coded language that we've seen to Most mean um, death to journalists. So it wasn't about just the learn to code. It was about the context that, that we were seeing. Can we not the That's just not true. Lie. The
3: editor-in-chief of the Daily Caller was suspended for tweeting nothing but hashtag learn to code. Yes.
13: So Tim, can I can I finish what I was saying? Yes. So we were looking at the context, and what was happening is there were journalists receiving hundreds of tweets. Some had death threats. Some had wishes of harm. Some just learned to code. And in that particular context, we made a decision. We consider this this type of behavior dogpiling, which is when all of a sudden individuals are getting tons and tons of tweets at them. They feel very abused and harassed on the platform.
0: Oh, so fucking what? Suck it up! Holy, t- dude, when I was again going to my aforementioned woke vet twitter beef earlier i had all kind of hundreds of people tweeting at me like you should die fascist bootlicker what do you think i fucking sit around crying about it god is it why did, i wish you would tell the truth and here's the truth they view journalists as a very protected class and they're quite woke And they love having blue check journalists on Twitter and using Twitter and being activists on Twitter and anything that threatens those journalists because they're the, that's the media, that's where all, that's how the message gets out. They're the gatekeepers, not so much anymore, but still. And Twitter doesn't want anything to happen to their precious little darlings. That's it. And what she said, is a, that's a total horseshit lie. Oh, well, because, okay, like 90% of people tweeted hashtag learn to code, and then like 10% were retarded and said, like, also kill yourself, which is a thing, right? So we're just going to ban everybody and suspend everybody who says learn to code regardless. Get out of here. See, if you guys heard me on soft rep with Jack, this is, look, I'm a capitalist and all that. But I can't stand this Republican argument of like, oh, well, it's a private company. They can do what they want. Twitter is like real life now, dude. That has real life ramifications. Elections are won and lost on Twitter. News travels on Twitter. So when you deny a person to be on there, you're basically shutting them out of a critical part of the American communication experience. And what am I supposed to do? Go build my own Twitter? It's fucking nonsense this is something see the problem is we've never had a case like this before with the advent of social media this is the big question how much of this should be treated like a public utility versus is it a private company you know because if they can kick you off twitter why can't they cut your internet connection what's the argument why can't cox cable they listen to my podcast right they don't like it and they decide well you know what we're not going to provide wi-fi to him and we're the only wi-fi provider so eat shit can they do that Uh, Why not? They're a private company. Cox is a private company. Why couldn't they cut off my internet access if they wanted to? It's bullshit. Uh, I I said mention about the horseshit judge reactions. There was another one. A second. A judge has also blocked Trump administration's census citizenship question plan. Remember that? They wanted to include a citizenship question on a 2020 census. Well, U.S. District Judge Richard Seaborg. You're Seaborg, all right. Found that. The decision to add the question violated administrative law. <laughs> he ruled that it was unconstitutional because it prevents the government from carrying out its mandate to count every person living in the U.S. every ten years. Okay, so then, in other words, the United States government is powerless to find out how many fucking citizens it has. You believe this shit? And there was a great line in his in his um in the, if you guys want to go read the ruling itself, go read it. Skip all the way to the very last page and look at the very last paragraph. And the judge fucking actually wrote this sentence, which blows my mind. You ready for this sentence? Here we go. Quote, The record in this case has clearly established that including the citizenship question on the 2020 census is fundamentally counterproductive to the goal of obtaining accurate citizenship data about the public. In other words, he's saying, hey, putting that citizen question in, that's counterproductive to trying to find out how many citizens are in the United States. It, it, it makes no sense. It's ridiculous. Jesus. I, God, I'm going to blow a gasket here. I think this is the Thursday night thing. That's what's killing me. Uh, let's uh, do a few. Let me do a few uh, quick hits here because I am starting to finally run out of time here, and I want to make sure I get everything. Uh, a teen... The teenager accidentally killed his own friend by horseplay with a car. This is why you don't fuck around with big fucking 3,000-pound automobiles. So they were at the bowling alley, right? And the kid was inside the bowling alley, and his friend decided to move his car to trick him, right? So basically the kid would come out of the bowling alley, see the empty space where his car was, and freak out, right? So that's what he did. And the kid's looking for his car, And then he wanted to startle him, so he decided to drive towards him with his back turned. Well, he accidentally struck the kid with the front driver's side corner of his car. The kid falls to the ground and suffered a serious head injury, and he ends up fucking dying. So, kids, fucking don't do stupid shit with cars and or firearms, please. Uh, More than 100,000 people have signed a petition to save... The lives of two husky dogs after one of them bit off and ate a four-year-old's arm after he put it through a neighbor's fence to play with them. This was in Utah. People are so fucking stupid. They're so childlike. So, yeah, they have about 150,000 people sign this after a fucking dog ate off a kid's arm. And the excuse is what they're saying is, that the injured boy was wearing a sock on his right hand when he reached through the chain link fence from his family's backyard towards the two dogs who live next door one of the dogs bit down severing the child's limb from his body and then ate it and this chick who started the petition says she believes the dog mistook the sock colored sock covered hand for a chew toy and would neverly never normally hurt a person well well, dude, these dogs got the taste of human flesh now, dude. They gotta they gotta be put down. They're a killer dog. They're killer fucking dogs now with a relentless craving for human flesh and blood. Okay, they're monsters. They gotta be killed. I'll kill them myself. Very sad. A Stanford admissions officer, 26 years old, University Stanford, stabbed a woman multiple times in a drug-fueled rage while they were experimenting with LSD. <laughs> These are the gatekeepers to your fucking elite universities, these guys. Uh, James Shervell, 26. Yes, he was booked on charges of attempted murder, so she lived. Good. And domestic violence, because indicating that the victim was a partner or family member. They do not name the victim. And yes, they said they were experimenting with LSD when he he graduated from Yale University in 2014. Uh, that's great. Fuck another yeah, another crazed leftist. I'm assuming he is if he graduated from Yale. Uh, what else? Quickly, uh, a federal judge lifted the injunction on uh, against the transgender military ban. So there you go. That's uh, going to enforce the policy now. Yep, the judge who put in an injunction said he lifted it now because he said. The court is bound by the Supreme Court's decision to stay the preliminary injunctions in their entirety. So courts have now ruled to lift all four injunctions that have been placed on the policy against the transgender troops serving. So, good. Okay, what's the problem? Move along. Uh, remember Kellen Winslow, the NFL player, who turned into an old lady rapist? Yeah, it's fucking bizarre. Yeah, he was he was out on bail waiting for charges, right? And he has now been returned to jail after prosecutors accused him of touching himself in front of a 77-year-old woman at a gym in Carlsbad last month while he was out on bail. What is it with this guy? he, He also allegedly asked the woman if she liked what he was doing. Again, 77. Oh, my God. Now, remember, he's awaiting trial on two counts of forcible rape, one count of forcible sodomy, one count of forcible oral copulation, two counts of kidnapping with the intent to commit rape, and one count of indecent exposure involving four women between the ages of 54 and 86. (laughs) Dude, this guy needs to just be fucking put away, chemically castrated. I mean, what, are you going to fix that? You know. That's crazy. That just must have been his kink for many, many years, right? I guess so. Uh, what else? Oh, I told you demographics is destiny. Listen to this. Uh the country of Russia's Grand Mufti. That's a the head of the Muslims in Russia basically. He predicts that within 15 years, nearly a third of Russia's population will be Muslim. And he was speaking at a conference and he said, "Yeah, Uh, We need more mosques. And he said that the reason for this is because Russia's Muslim-majority regions are known to have the highest birth rates. Yeah. Republics in the North Caucasus and the Republic of Tartarstan. And they also have a lot of individuals arriving from Central Asia. So they want dozens of new mosques in Russia's largest cities. Uh, In case you're wondering... It's unclear how many Muslims total there are, but they think there are between 14 and 25 million Muslims in Russia. That is between 10 and 14% of the country's total population. Like I said, dude, who do you think is going to win out over there? You think it's going to be the feeble Christian church or the ascendant Muslim religion? Again, I know where my money's going. Uh, Captain Marvel, the movie, a stupid comic book movie, is out today. And, uh, you know, the lead actress is quite the social justice warrior, Brie Larson. And it seems like she's bound and determined to, like, turn men off of this movie forever because she keeps, like, going on these press tours and saying, like, I don't need white men to tell me this movie's good. I'm like, are you aware of the demographics of who buys comic books and who's into comics? It's like 70% white guys. But she keeps making these very woke speeches. And uh, she was at some award. She was getting an award for excellence in film or some stupid shit. And she decided to go off on this one more time. I bet, like, as I, I'm sure as the studio is watching this moron, they are just cradling their heads in their hands going, God, Why? Why did we go with an SJW? I, Dude, if you guys would fucking listen to me, you Hollywood executives, you know you would fucking keep these people at arm's length, okay? They're going to ruin your movie. But I have a clip of Brie Larson, so let's hear this nut. Our
14: industry has gone through a major growth. We are expanding to make films that better reflect the people that buy movie tickets, but they are not allowed enough chances to read public discourse on these films by the people that these films were made for. I do not need a 40-year-old white dude to tell me what didn't work for him about A Wrinkle in Time. It wasn't made for him. I want to know what that film meant to women of color, to biracial women, to teen women of color, to teens that are biracial. And for the third time, I don't hate white dudes. These are just facts. These are not my feelings. And I'm really sorry, Lindsay. Please don't kill me. As some of you know, I immediately jumped on to Francis's brilliant words, inclusion writer, and this was way before she had bumper stickers for her iPad, because I know that this means that my work will be shown, digested, discussed by a variety of people, not just a singular perspective. I want to know what my work means to the world, not a narrow
0: view. My work. Your fucking ego. Oh, my God. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Dude, you're... <laughs> what? You're reading fucking lines that somebody else wrote. Stop acting like you're curing cancer. What is it with white liberals? They're obsessed with what people of color think all the time. Like what is that? And she talked about a wrinkle of time that wasn't made for white. Didn't a white woman write that book? I don't know. <laughs> uh, anybody any white person who's fucking just constantly going on about like people of color Uh, I can't stand like you're automatically irritating to me like what do you care like I care about them as much as they care about me okay I think that's fair when people ask when people ask you know BK aren't you concerned with the plight of people of color and I'm like yes as much as they are concerned about the plight of the uh, jacked tan great hair uh, veteran white male That's as much as I care about them as much as they care about me. I think that's fair. Reasonable, right? All right, quickly, we're running out of time now. Uh, Paul Manafort was sentenced to 47 months in prison on bank and tax fraud charges. That was breaking just before we started recording. Yep, this is after a federal jury in Virginia convicted him on eight counts of bank and tax fraud last year. So, looks like he's going to uh, jail. The judge, District Judge T.S. Ellis emphasized ahead of sentencing that the Manafort case was not about Russian interference in the 2016 election and that the guidelines of sentencing Manafort between 19 and 24 years in prison were excessive for this case. Yeah, they wanted 25 years in prison for this. He's been uh, dealing with health issues, apparently, and prosecutors said Manafort, who's now 69 years old, hid income earned from political work overseas from the IRS while fraudulently obtaining millions in bank loans. Manafort had pled guilty to all 18 counts in the case. Uh, The judge did mention he was surprised that he did not hear him express regret. Now, he is still facing additional years in prison from another case, uh, which involves he pled guilty in Washington to foreign lobbying violations and witness tampering as part of a plea deal. He has not been sentenced in that case yet. And they want 24 fucking years for that one. God, man, they're just throwing the book at this guy. They want him so bad. And, you know, the funny thing was the resistance, who's all about letting people out of jail. I saw them right before I started recording all over Twitter demanding that Manafort die in prison. Pretty funny. As long as it's their political enemies, the liberals love locking you up. Uh, Sadly, Tom Seaver the star of the New York Mets championship team, they've announced that he has dementia and he's stepping back from public life. That's horrible. He's 74 years old, of course, a uh, very famous professional athlete. Uh, Martina Navratilova apologized for uh, transgender cheating comments. Uh, Never apologize, Martina. You said the exact right thing. And this came about, this also happened when a former UK Olympic swimmer Sharon Davies said trans women had unfair physical advantage, which is fucking obvious. But Navratilova apologized because she was sad because they labeled her transphobic. Fucking so what? You speak the truth, dude. What do you care what people say? God, you're so delicate. She wrote, I know I don't have all the answers, blah, blah. I don't even want to fucking read the rest of it. She said the right thing. She's absolutely right. It's fucking insane and absurd to suggest that. But you know what, ladies? This is what you voted for? Fuck you. I hope all fucking dudes win all of your fucking athletic events now. Because this is what you want? Fine. Let's fucking do it then. Um, quickly. A uh, Remember Stefan Clark? You guys remember that shooting up in uh, Sacramento? Well, the DA is not going to press charges. And, you know, that was the one where he was breaking into cars, remember, and it was in dark, and the cops saw a phone in his hand, they shot him, and killed him. And further, the Sacramento DA reveals that he had a cocktail of drugs in his system and had searched suicide online, along with other text messages. I mean, it's a bummer, dude, but you know what? If you fucking involve yourself in crime and it's dark and you look threatening, and you're not cooperating, and you're running, bad things can happen. I keep fucking telling these guys this. They don't want to listen to me. Um, a Cal City, where's Cal City? California. California City. A California City man has been arrested on three felony counts of sexual intercourse or sodomy with a child under 10 years old and one felony count of continuous sexual abuse of a child after his wife caught him having sex with his 10-year-old stepdaughter god the wife was returning home after forgetting something and found their door was locked after banging on the door her husband opened it and ran back down the hall great detail in this story uh 23 news so then the wife told police that her husband was nude and when he ran down the hall he threw something into the trash when she looked into the trash oh god she found a used condom with blood on it. Ugh. When the wife entered the bedroom, she found their bathroom drawer was locked. After yelling for someone to open it, she found her daughter and saw blood in the toilet. The girl told a forensic nurse that she'd been having sex with the man for over a year, and each time they had sex, he used a condom. Oh, my God. It's disgusting. It's not even fun. It's gross. Uh, remember the Kraft uh, Rub and Tug case, Robert Kraft? Well, you know, the another guy they caught was the boyfriend of the LPGA star Jessica Corda. That's the women's golf tour. And his name is Johnny Delpete. Uh, he was arrested after a hidden camera captured him <laughs> receiving a sex act at a Florida spa. Oh, man. 29 years old he was arrested on one charge of soliciting prostitution i looked her up too she's actually a really good looking woman which just goes to show that fucking no matter how hot she is fellas there's always a guy who's sick of banging her always it fucking doesn't matter who she is there's a guy who's sick of banging scarlett johansson and jessica alba all right guys that's it i'm a fucking out of time that's two and a half hours straight let's go right to the big finish here is the headline A former doctor was caught printing child porn and buying lube at a (laughs) drugstore. 57 years old, William Berkey, was arrested in Cape Coral, Florida, after an employee at a local CVS told cops that Berkey may be printing naked photos of children. Yeah, he used one of those photo kiosks, right? Why, why, Why would you do this? And according to the worker, he did not want anyone to look at his phone or the photographs. He then printed and purchased the pictures, as well as some cocoa butter and personal lubricant, using his CVS extra care card, which helped police identify him later. (laughs) Idiot. Always pay cash for your fucking lube. Days later, he went back to print more photos. And detectives were able to confirm that the pictures were of prepubescent female children. They issued a search warrant. They found more illicit photos. No, they did not say this. Are you fucking kidding me? Guys, you—I think I've commented on this before. They always interview some fucking moron neighbor. This—this is the quote. This is the moron neighbor quote of the year. Berkey's neighbor, Christopher Almeida, told Fox 4 that Berkey is, quote, a great man. Everybody makes mistakes, end quote. What the fuck? He used to be a doctor at Lee Memorial Health System in the early 2000s, but he resigned his admitting privileges in 2005. His medical license was later revoked by the police. That's fucking it, guys there you go your are at the fucking cvs kiosks printing out child porn and buying lube that's what we have that's what we have now that's it guys two and a half hours i'm all done um thursday night show i know it's a little unorthodox but you know we got to be flexible if i want to keep this podcast going and one way you can help me out is go to that patreon and at bk actual look for me Put in a donation, a buck or two, whatever you can afford. I've had some very generous patrons. I want to thank all of you. And that's how you keep the podcast going. That's how I keep going. Uh, guys, last week was a, a 24-hour record for a, a, new, a new episode. So it's it just keeps going up. You know, it's kind of a grind, but it's really rewarding to see it grow. And uh, keep sending me your comments at Twitter, BK Actual Podcast, and Instagram, at BK Actual. That's going to do it for me, you guys. I'm fucking smoked. It's Thursday night. I'm out of here, and I'll see you next week.